brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
Everybody's ready. We're going back to the 80s later on. And now, ladies and gentlemen, live from Pittsburgh Studio Number One, it's Cold War Radio. Here's your host, Hutch Bailey Jr. All right, folks, we have reached another week. We have completed another week with uh, a lot of things going on. Welcome and thank you for choosing Cold War Radio, the voicemail number for our podcast listeners who aren't. Fortunate enough to be able to listen live is 412-567-1460. Please visit SteelCityResistance.com or you can become a Cold War Radio patron. That's the home of Cold War Radio, the original flagship show, Steel City Resistance, uh, graduated into Cold War Radio. But you can become a Cold War Radio patron. If you do that, you will help to support the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. Um, If you'd like to write to the program, please write to SCRTV. At live.com, you can also write to Cold War Radio, P.O. Box 10433-370, Castle Shannon Boulevard, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15234. Let's get right into it. Let me get some help from Virginia. Calling the dog catcher. This is a story of famous dog. But the dog that chases its tail will be busy. These are clapping dogs, rhythmic dogs, harmonic dogs, house dogs, street dogs. All right, Jack from Northern Virginia. Hello, sir. Hey, good to be here, Hutch. Don't Look at that. Like that. 70. <laughs> like where's he at not now <laughs> Go ahead, oh. i'm sorry no i hear I you now you last... now you were a little slow on the return there or something happened i don't know go ahead you're going oh, i was just i was just amazed right 73 comments in the wow. bfw chat room it's gonna be one of, one of those nights one of those nights Boy, we, like you that... said we had a great guest coming up we do we do uh, i want to say it was a good game between your penguins and my capitals last night so we came out Victorious. Um, That's the way it goes. Lots of news going on. Excited. Oh. Big news week. Um, let's get rolling. Yeah, let's uh, go initially uh, just to where our listeners are. The number, obviously, the, the, the biggest country is the United States, obviously. But uh, the next 
country in line that listens to Cold War Radio is India. And that makes me, uh, I'm pretty happy about that because if you remember um, when we first added uh, Geo7 or whatever it's called, Geo7, I think, yeah, seven. Uh, from uh, India, we'd get like one listener every couple weeks or something like that. But we got 50 down, or no, 71 downloads from India. That's pretty good. I mean, I've been watching this a long time. That's pretty good. Uh, then the UK is next. And then Canada and Australia. Still haven't got that email from Bahrain. Uh, but they must be paying attention to our message because we picked up Taiwan with 11 downloads. Uh, and then it goes downhill from there. But it's a uh, couple in Bulgaria. Boy, I'd love to talk to you. I used to listen to shortwave radio, and I remember sending QSL cards to Sof- Radio Sofia, Bulgaria. They had some pretty cool uh, QSL cards they'd send back. Uh, anyway, that's uh, kind of off the wall. I heard Guam is opening up uh, a little outfit station out there. Perhaps we'll get some of uh, their flags. Boop, yeah, boop, boop, boop. Uh, that's true. We might. That's actually uh, one of the stories tonight about that. That's yeah. the first new. Marine That's a tea. That was a teaser. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, all right. So uh, I suffered through uh, a, a horrible ordeal today. I watched the RNC meeting, and I'm thoroughly disgusted with this with this organization. Man, it's such a joke. I mean, you look at these rallies, right? You look at the rallies the Trump rallies and and other rallies that I've been to personally. And you see real MAGA diversity. And then I'm tuning into this RNC elite joke in California where the parking is 75 bucks a car and the rooms are a thousand dollars a night. And there's two black dudes in there and that's it. And the whole thing. I mean, it was so, so stiffly white, that you could pick them out. You know, and, and I don't have anything against white people. I are one. But, I mean, this is, a, this is a, an organization that does not represent me. And I don't think it represents most of us. And, and if you're into it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying you're never going to win nationally with a group like that. Not in my opinion. Not in this country. I couldn't believe they, they, they shouldn't even have turned the cameras on. It was so disgusting to watch this and to watch Ronna McDaniel sit up there and bloviate from the from the pulpit because she's the president for like an hour. And none of the other candidates got to talk. You know, they had nomin- people that came up and nominated them. You know, the, the, the one black guy from Texas, there was only two of them. The one guy, he nominated Harmeet Dillon. You know, and, and the nomination, the only person that... The only nomination that made any kind of lit any kind of fire was the one for Mike Lindell. She's the only one that said it. The people are not the same as in here. We're not representing these people. When you right. look and see uh, that Mike Lindell got four votes out of 168, and Ronna McDaniel got over 100, over 110, and you had a, a Rasmussen poll that showed that Ronna McDaniel got 16%. Lindell got the highest. He got 35. But uh, it's just off kilter. I, I wondered what your thought. You probably didn't even watch it. I don't have a life. I watched I, it. I didn't, I didn't watch it because I, I fully expected that McDonald. So did I. 
she would come out victorious because it's one of those things. The good thing that uh, that comes from this is the sunlight exposed on how they do this process. Because I I didn't know how they did it. I never cared. I didn't know. I, I just figured that was uh, it was just a small club. I wasn't part of it, and they decided that she was going to be in charge. When uh, Mike Lindell announced his candidacy, and then Harmy Dillon, I guess, counter opposed because they were started to be worried because uh, hey, you know, this could cut into it. She was like the in between, right? Um, but she said a lot of good things. And the main thing is that you don't put a loser back into that office after her poor record. Only in politics. You just can't do it. I don't <laughs> care about the money spent and all this the, this little nitpicky crap that they're trying to do. I look at the results as an American and look at the conservative side. If we're going against the communists and you think, okay, well – um, and I still believe that the two parties are separate. I'm like, all right, my side is the Republicans. They're going to put up these candidates. They're going to uh, put up when they get a chance, they're going to uh, defeat or turn back or prevent any of this communist leftist socialism movement that we've seen over the last 15 years. But that's not true. As we've done over the show, it's these people are in it's bed hard, with you. It's hard They're to in bed with each other. Yeah. So are. the best thing of this is that that process is out there. There was, you could actually watch the proceedings, which I don't think I've ever seen that even out there as a possibility. So now you, they're exposed for what they are. So maybe the next time it gets a little bit better, that the challenges get better. Maybe they go to, how do you pick? It's sort of like, when you have the presidential elect election, then everybody votes, and all of a sudden it goes to the um, what's the uh, electoral college. And then you're like, okay, nobody cares. Are you? Everyone votes, boom, and then the electoral college votes for whoever we voted for. Now it's like people are paying attention. Who are these people? How right. do these people get to be part of the electoral college? It's like we missed out. That's part we. We, we pride ourselves a little bit. It's like, hey, we at least we learned a little bit of civics when we were in school. Yeah. They've lost that. I'm like, but I don't remember in civics learning about how the electoral college is picked or even knowing who any of those people are until after the fact. Right. It's something we got to get in, ahead of instead of behind it, right? Yeah, but it's, the, it's the too easy. We, you, you can't just sit here and blame when when I saw all that mediocrity is what I'm thinking I'm calling it because it's it's not mediocre but it's all like the same class of people that were in that room the 168 minorities firefighters cops you got to go take over your local RNC I mean if we're going to keep this party which I'm not so sure it, I'll tell you I haven't seen as much vitriol on social media that I saw after that vote. About an hour after that vote, once the news got out, man, there was hate on Twitter. I mean, Republican hate. People that's that were anger. just furious, man. People yeah, that were getting out and never giving them another nickel. Blah, 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 blah. And that it's like, is good. It is good. That's the good no, part you're right. of it. You're right. You're right. Despite, despite Ron and McDaniel being man. back in there. Right. 
You had 168 Mitch McConnells in there voting. That's what you had. Right. That's that's who those people are. 168 Mitt Romneys. And Harmeet Dillon's one of them, too. So that's what I'm saying. Get ahead of that instead of it's easy as hell to get angry and bitch after the fact. But I think this time with this instant reaction where people could see it and then get angry, it's like, how the hell, you know, She's been exposed for being a failure for this many times, and yet they still vote her in. That's the anger. Thousand dollars in alcohol. Eighty. I mean, and that sounds like nitpicking, but the lady that that nominated Lindell said that the donors are getting pissed off too. I mean, Mike Lindell was a big donor. He donated a hundred thousand dollars, and and when he did the math, the candidate got like forty grand because of all that overhead they were spending. They pay for her apartment. I mean, you can't do that kind of thing. And then if you uh, donate to the RNC, that's who Ronna McDaniel, they're in charge of that money. So she gets to decide, her crew gets to decide where your conservative, you know, your aspirations to put, you know, get some Republicans to replace Democrats. They're the ones deciding where that money goes. And you know so where it then, goes. It goes to all those people that were sending you all those freaking Trump emails and messages, yeah, text messages. And they never the change ones. the vendors. They never change the vendors. They keep the same team on the field and keep losing. I was listening to a woman that's in, in it talking about it. She said the same email vendors, the same food vendors, the same sign vendors, advertising, cult consultants. None of that ever changes from year to year. It's, it, this this corporation's stuck, man. It's stuck. That's the gravy train, man. Yeah, it the is. gravy train. It definitely but, is. I know. I know. During all the shows leading up into the midterms and, and even before the twenty twenty election, you're always put your money to the candidates. Yeah. Send them if you want to donate for the campaign. Find the candidates that you support and directly give them your donation. And, and Do even not that's trust cute. even that's the RNC. Cute. Even that skewed a little bit with that win red. I mean, for me to give money to Kathy Barnett, I had to send it to win red. You know, I mean, these candidates got to get a little smarter too. They got to figure out how to get money yeah. right to them. Well, I think, yeah, I think she, I think she learned from that. That's sort of like uh, act blue for the de- yeah. Democrats. I mean, the GOP so far behind. Right, win red. <laughs> no, you find the candidates. <clears throat> we're in the in the digital age, folks. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. If you're in your area or you see somebody speak out, you can go out and find out. And and most of these people that are trying to be candidates for any office, a website or something that you can hook up with them personally. It's not like the old days. This is 21st century. So it's much easier for you to do that. It's it's like if you have $1,000 that you want to help support, Divvy that up. Send five hundred here, five hundred here. At least put it to somebody that you that you support. Because if you've seen, we've seen with Mitch McConnell, wherever mm-hmm. his pack is, don't send a dime to him because you know what he's going to do. He's going to fight against any MAGA uh, <laughs> candidate in the primaries. All that money should be going to yeah. elect Not America to- loving conservatives in the election. Not to $80,000 in liquor and not to a million dollars in flowers. And McCart, the speaker, speaker used his PAC money to get rid of uh, Madison Cawthorn, who had the nerve 
to sit there and expose these six sons of bitches in D.C. for what they are. Then they ran him out of town with some some BS. You know, I almost forgot something. You know what? I, and it's not in the show notes, so I'm just going to tell you now before I forget. I read an article today. You know, we have a Democrat senator in Pennsylvania besides Fetterman. Uh, his name is uh, what the hell is his name? Casey. Casey. Bob Casey. Yeah, and the Pennsylvania GOP is trying to recruit McCormick to replace him. Oh, really? Can you believe that? These people are so stupid. I, I sent a tweet out at PA GOP, unsubscribe. You know, it's like you people, you, you people. Oh my God, are they stupid? Or do they just like losing and don't care if we know? I, I, it's hard to tell. Because when you talk with them, they sound like they want to win. You know, and it's yeah, just, uh, it's, it's so, a, it's so freaking, it takes the wind out of your sails, man. It's, it's set up. We're, we're being set. It's so, it's such a gravy train for them that they've gone to these deep lengths to do this. You got to really think a, this out. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. To do this. <laughs> it's that money. And they're fighting, like you said, the big money will fight against the best candidate in Pennsylvania last year. <laughs> Yeah, we know I who do, she was, yeah. right? Kathy Barnett. Yeah. Um, no, but and the and the reason why I know she's the best candidate for the people of they Pennsylvania, took they took her out. Both sides took her out. I mean, thanks, thanks Sean enough. Hannity. Thanks, Sean Hannity. Big Rick Grinnell. Thank you from out in California. Appreciate that. Good job. Good job. You thought Oz could win? I mean, freaking McCormick couldn't even beat Oz. You know, but there's that. Um, you guys that need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. Uh, the debt ceiling fight's coming, all right? And it's going to be the same old game. They've already started it. I'm going to play a, a, a clip in a second about it, but they've already started the same old thing. They're going to blame Republicans for trying to cut Social Security and Medicaid. They're going to say we're going to throw Granny over the cliff. Remember the Paul Ryan commercial? Uh your grandparents are going to have to pick dog food or medicine and all that mess. Uh, it, it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, listen to Chuck Schumer firing the opening salvo. Mr. President, as the debate over raising the debt ceiling continues, Leader McConnell said something yesterday that I think is right on the mark. He said that when it comes to moving a debt ceiling proposal through Congress, the House should go first. He is correct. And not only should the House go first, 
but they must quickly show the American people what their plan actually is for avoiding a first-ever default on the national debt. So far, we haven't heard anything beyond vague and troubling talking points about the need to cut federal spending. That's not going to fly when you're in the majority, as the as Speaker McCarthy, of course, is. The substance and details make all the difference. The debt ceiling is not some political game. And Speaker McCarthy has an obligation to level with the American people on what precisely the new House plans to do in order to avoid a default. Now, President Biden and the Speaker have reportedly agreed to sit down in the near future on this topic. And the Speaker is apparently heralding this development as some sort of big win or concession. But look, Speaker McCarthy sitting down without a clear plan is no win. Sitting down to talk about the debt ceiling without a plan is like coming to the table with no cards. President Biden, meanwhile, has a plan. He has cards. He's been clear that there must be no brinksmanship and no default on the debt ceiling. Speaker McCarthy, what about you? The House GOP is threatening spending cuts. Well, what are they? Why the evasion? Why is your conference hiding from the American people? House Republicans, where are your cards? Again, I want to be clear that the debt ceiling is a subject of the highest consequence. And using it as a bargaining chip, using it as brinksmanship, as hostage-taking, as Republicans are trying to do, is exceedingly dangerous. Because if the House of Representatives continues on their current course and allows the United States to default on its debt obligations, every single American is going to pay a terrible and expensive price. The consequences of default are not some theoretical abstraction. If default happens, Americans will see the consequences in their daily lives. Interest rates will go soaring on everything, from credit cards and student loans to cars, mortgages, and more. That thousands of dollars for each American going right out the door will happen, and through no fault of their own. Retirement plans like 401ks would lose their value, robbing people of their hard-earned livelihoods. For millions of Americans who one day dream of owning a home, their own piece of the rock, a default would be would add $130,000 to the lifetime cost of a new home loan. Imagine spending years of putting a little bit of your paycheck aside every month in order to buy a house, only to find out that suddenly that dream is entirely out of reach because radical politicians in Washington bumbled their way into a financial catastrophe. That's precisely the danger we approach, thanks to the House's GOP's reckless approach to the debt ceiling. None of this need be inevitable or even likely. If only House Republicans quit their radical posturing and work with Democrats in a serious way to raise the debt ceiling together. Shut up, man. Shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. I can't take any more. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that, yeah, the only thing that I can say, he, he's the perfect example of what Mitch McConnell is not, right? Here you have Biden who can't uh, understand who's in the audience or who isn't, um, doesn't know what the hell's going on. But here is Schumer. As soon as the opposition is in charge of the other House of Congress, 
he's immediately out front saying that Biden has the answers. Uh, the House Speaker, I mean, we're talking what? This is just just one month into it. And it's like, you're bomb and everything. Like you said, everything's going over the cliff. It's going crazy. You're the ones that just like, spent no. $1.7 trillion along with exactly. the, eight, the 18 in the Senate and five uh, in the House. Heaven forbid for somebody to say, wait a minute, we're closing this down. <laughs> we're not going to be uh, spending more. We're going to start putting the screws to it because we're already spending our great-grandchildren's yeah. money here. He said they, ha- they have the audacity to talk about budget cuts. How right. dare them? I say, hold on. I say, you know, I saw a, a, another uh, poll from Mark Mitchell, who's the head pollster for Rasmussen, that shows 56% of the country says, shut it down. Yeah, shut Go it. ahead and shut it down for six months. Let them cut we Social Security. That. Let them go ahead and do that. They're running the we show. Should- Let them. We've been saying it since 2007 when all of a sudden they did that TARP, right? Yeah. The Troubled Asset Relief Program. It was like, oh, the too big to fail. Let them fail. Right. We're gonna ha- we're gonna be hurting. Let's take the hurt, the big hurt now. We would have right. been way past it right now. I they got an extra bag of rice. Let's out. go. Let's go. I can eat rice yeah. three times a day. <laughs> you know, bring it. I'm telling you, it, it's 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 long past time. It's long past time to flush the myth of the government shutdown down the toilet. It really is. They can they could do like uh, Obama did. They can close the World War II memorial if they want. You know they can do whatever they want to do. They proved that to you during COVID. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I'm really looking forward to having this fight. I hope McCarthy has the stones. Uh, this is this is the big test. You know you haven't seen any subpoenas flying out of Jim Jordan's uh, committees yet. You haven't seen Massey a whole lot, but we'll give, him a, we'll give him a couple weeks. But I'll tell you what, and they shouldn't rush into it either. They should drag it all the way out till the last minute and watch the Democrats sweat if they can handle it. I don't know if they can handle it. I'm not sure. We're going to find out. That's an unknown. There's knowns and there's known, unknowns. There's known knowns and known unknowns. The debt ceiling is a known unknown. Thank you, Donald Rumsfeld, for that analogy, by the way. Uh, but... I, I, you know, Kevin McCarthy could become a rock star if he wants to. He's in the position to do that if he wants to. If he wants to be that guy, he is definitely in the position. And and I hope, I really, I really hope that he has the intestinal fortitude to do it, because this country would be a much better place if he did. I mean, it really would. If if we actually had the conversation, and then the American people and the other con- congressional representatives would realize that you can do something with 20 members. You know, that that's pretty big deal, you know, to realize. And we've talked about it before with the percentage of colonists that uh, actually uh, initiated the Revolutionary War. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Mora has spent his career in intelligence and national security beginning with his time as a decorated Air Force intelligence officer and through his many years as a senior executive in the aerospace and defense industry. Brian was encouraged to write the story of the able archers by many friends who convinced him that his unique personal insight could bring the story to life of how humanity, wait for it, folks, narrowly avoided extinction in the fall of 1983. I was an E1 at the time. His writing, I was an E2 at the time. 
His writing is based on firsthand experience and the stories of the many intriguing people he's encountered over the years. Brian grew up in Virginia and is married to Tracy, who is an outstanding story editor. They split their time between homes in Virginia and Florida. When Brian isn't writing, he's a corporate board member, enjoys cycling, playing guitar and piano, and visiting with his two grandchildren. Brian Morris, sir, thank you for coming on to Cold War Radio. My name is Hutch Bailey Jr. I'm in Pittsburgh. My co-host Jack is also in uh, the northern neck of Virginia. Welcome to Cold War Radio, sir. Oh, well, thank you very, very much. Uh, Appreciate the invitation. Happy to be with you tonight. I can't wait to hear your story, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, Why why don't you just give a a brief overview, and then I want to come in a little bit with why this is a little personal to me. Sure. Well, uh, the the main story that the Able Archers revolves around, as you said in your intro, uh, is the series of crises that... uh, place. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. During the fall of 1983, uh, beginning with an event that a lot of people do remember, or at least people who were around in those days, uh, the trigger event was the shoot-down by the Soviet Air Defense Forces of a K-A-L. civilian Korean airline Jet, yeah, 747KL007 was the call sign. Uh, that really, as I said, triggered a, a series of uh, cascading events that occurred that fall um, that culminated with a major NATO nuclear war exercise in the first 10 days or so of November 1983. <laughs> the Korean airline shootdown took place on the 1st of September 83. Uh, and it was uh, that Able Archer 83 exercise that the Soviet Union thought was a cover for an actual U.S. nuclear first strike against the Soviet Union. Uh, it was that final event that really brought us to the brink wow. of nuclear war. Uh, there was an intermediate event that I can talk about at the end of September that was pretty scary as well, but... The culminating event was the Able Archer exercise. I'll, I'll tell you, Brian, I've got I've got goosebumps on my skin right now. 
uh, you're a, 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 a decorated Air Force intelligence officer. I'm a decorated Army maintenance officer and 35-year veteran. And in November of 1983, I was on a plane heading to Korea. And I was in air defense artillery in Korea from 83 to 85. And I got to tell you, when I saw this email come across my, my, my server with your story in it, I was like, oh. And I, I definitely remember the KAL uh, plane. Yeah. And there were several other incidents during that time frame that make a little bit more sense to me now. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, turn it back to you in a second. But uh, one of them was in November of 84, a Russian translator in the North in the Russian embassy in North Korea uh, bounded a he went on a tour of the joint security area at the DMZ in Korea, and he bolted from the north side to the south side, and there was a forty minute Korean War. I mean, there was there was hostilities exchanged uh, where we whacked about three or four uh, NKPA soldiers. And they killed one of ours and shot one through the face. He got away though. He got he got over to our side. But and I, I don't know if that was connected in any way with that or not. But I know it happened, and it was a scary time. And there was one other time when a North Korean jet came across the DMZ. Uh, that's the closest I ever got to to combat was that day. I mean, they they passed out. That's the first and only time I ever got grenades from the arms room. I mean, you know, you always get your rifle and your crew serve weapon, but as far, that was the only time they ever started issuing the extra stuff. Uh, but anyway, back to your story, sir. Yeah, well, thank you for your many years of service. Um, you know, it's a remarkable career that you, you've had. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the, the, one of the reasons that the 1983 uh, series of events is not that well known, apart from the Korean Airlines shootdown that most people are aware of, uh, is that it was a series of events. It, it wasn't a concentrated crisis like the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962, which played out over, you know, the almost mythical now 13 days in October 1962, and and that uh, crisis was was right front and center for the average citizen, not just in the United States, but in most of the developed world, uh, because President Kennedy gave a couple of different national addresses. Uh, it was on the front pages of the newspapers. People knew it was happening. Uh, the contrast with 83, apart from the Korean airline shootdown, is that people didn't know these events were occurring. And, and and it was a series of events that really only with the benefit of hindsight are you able to connect the dots on. And most of the dots were not even connected at that time by the intelligence community. Uh, it took some many, many, many months really to connect it all and to determine that, oh my goodness, we were at the brink of Armageddon uh, and we hardly even knew it. Uh, so I think you know, often I get the question is, why don't I know about this? And and I think that what I've just described is at least one explanation for why people uh, are not aware of it as they are aware of other events. And I, I think your point about these other flashpoints that occurred, they may not have been directly connected, but there was a general web of paranoia 
and mistrust oh, yeah. and miscalculation that existed really uh, throughout the early and middle years of the 1980s that uh, even uh, uh, President Gorbachev, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, uh, he described the early 80s as the most dangerous period in human history. It was uh, it was a different order of battle in those days, too, ladies and gentlemen. Just for those of you who are up to date on current uh, positionings and, and places where military ground forces are, are uh, based, back in those days, the U.S. Army only went two places, two and a half places. The vast majority went to Germany. Then the next group went to South Korea, and there was a very small contingent in Italy. But other than that... That was about it. That's where our land forces were. So it was more concentrated, Brian. Yes, yes. And that's a good point. And uh, the the Air Force uh, had massive power yeah. based in Europe and in the Pacific in Japan and, and South Korea for the same reasons that the Army had such power uh, in those locations. In addition, uh, another thing that is different from today and different from 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis, is that in 1983, the nuclear forces of both the Soviet Union and the United States were just enormous and vast and uh, had the capacity, if if there were to have been a general nuclear exchange, in 1983, the arsenals were so huge that it probably would have been a human extinction event. Um, maybe not. Maybe not immediately. Immediately, it would have killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people. But um, most most observers think that over time, the human race probably would not have survived uh, that kind of a general nuclear exchange. So it it. And it's hard, I think, for folks to who didn't live through that to remember or didn't even know in the first place that that was in fact the case. It was, it was a very frightening period. One one of the morbid things that that we did in the Second Infantry Division there is e- each base had like how many seconds you were going to survive if the balloon went up. You know, yeah, you're gonna you, you got seven seconds, brother. You know, do, do the best you can. That's how long you've got. Uh, Jack? Yeah. Yeah, I, Mr. Moore, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for joining us. Um, I've shared the the Amazon link to your book um, and also the link to the article that you've uh, written in December for the Air and Space Forces uh, magazine. And that, I, I think you were explaining a little bit about what you were you have in your book, but you were comparing it to the current, a little bit to the current situation that we have going on uh, with uh, the Ukraine-Russia scenario. And when I read uh, the information there and I I look, I keep focusing on a general Perutz uh, Mm -hmm. who was on the U.S. side in the intel. And one of the key members, I think, if if I'm – if I remember correctly, there's one – there's an American on one side this – uh, in this potential catastrophe, and there's there's also a Soviet officer on the opposite side. 
because at that period of time, there were communi- communication between the two countries was not very good. So you had on both sides, militaries having to make decisions that could have, you know, ended, ended this uh, globe as it is, but th- maybe with, by God's grace, they both, both of them just calmly made the correct decisions in the face of something like you say in the book that could have, you know, been that uh, global nuclear war. Um, but comparing it to today, um, I see an issue with what's happening with Ukraine and Russia and the West, the global movement, um, and trying to pressure or push uh, President Putin back to a certain area. Um, I wonder if that communication scenario is blanked out right now at another crucial stage in our history. Yes, uh, I, I think the short answer to that question is is yes. I think it is largely um, blanked out, to use your phrase. I think the degree of communication that exists between the United States and, and Russia, the West and Russia, um, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. During this crisis in Ukraine is minimal at best. Uh, and it is certainly in contrast, you know, I've mentioned the Cuban Missile Crisis a couple of mm-hmm. times. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, there was a lot of communication between the White House and the Kremlin, between Kennedy and, and Khrushchev, who was the leader of the Soviet Union at the time. Um, in, today, we don't, we don't see that. There's um, certainly no direct communication between the White House and the Kremlin, uh, there's very limited communication on, through military channels and through the foreign ministries it's, as well. It seems like it's more proxy, right? If It should be more sunlight. It should be – if you're going to have superpower uh, threatening superpower, let's not be proxy about it. Let's get right face-to-face, boom, put it out there, have the talks. If they're heated talks, at least the world knows that those talks are going on. Right now, it's a, it's a very scary situation. It's an escalating situation that uh, we we are seeing uh, being put upon us, and uh, it just doesn't seem like they want a solution right now. It seems like they want this escalation for another purpose. Yeah, the the, the lack of communication is 
concerning and it can lead to miscalculation. It can lead to not understanding the other guy's motivations. We saw all of that in the fall of 1983. And I think we're seeing that again today. And uh, it, it is worrisome. Um, I've had uh, some informal discussions with senior people in the U.S. intelligence community just in the last two or three months, and and they're concerned about it. Um, now, CIA Director Burns is really the, the one senior official in the United States that has been an interlocutor with um, his Soviet counterpart and even even with Putin last year. He warned Putin before the invasion. Uh, so he and he's a Russia expert. He speaks Russian. He's probably the leading Russia expert in our senior leadership. So he's probably the one exception to this lack of communication. But um, yeah, it's it's worrisome because it, as I said a moment ago, it can really lead to miscalculation. And if you don't understand, yeah, what's I don't motivated know that, the other I, guy. And I don't, I don't know if that was a slip, but you said Soviet counterpart right now today. I don't know if that's maybe like, I know in your career, I mean, that was a cold, this is Cold War radio, radio show. So um, that, is there still a lot of that mentality going through the Intel society that still considers them Soviet Union? Is that maybe a disconnect that that's something that more communication would help solve that? Don't you think? Yeah, I, I don't think that pe- folks currently in the intelligence community view Russia today as a as the Soviet Union or a one-for-one with the Soviet Union. But I, I would say that one important contrast between today and 1983 and that whole period uh, in the 80s is Today, we don't have institutional communication with the Russians like we did then. And one example is one that I use in, in my book, In the Able Archers, in part three. And part three of the book really focuses on the Able Archer 83 crisis. Um, in, in the 80s, and actually going back to the late 1940s, we had an institution called the Military Liaison Mission um, that the United States uh, maintained in Berlin. Uh, the French and the British had their own versions of it, and the Soviets had their version of it. And the Soviet uh, military liaison mission was based in West Germany. And these were uh, institutions through which we could have um, daily communication with our counterparts and where if they're was something that they were doing that we were concerned about or vice versa. We could meet and talk about it and try to express to the other side. No, no, don't be, you know, alarmed. Here's what we're really doing. It's not preparation for war and that sort of thing. Nothing like that exists today. I mean, think about the old red hotline, the phone with no, no dial on it. You just pick it up and the other side answers it. I mean, they had that uh, in Korea as well from Pamela. The closest yeah, the closest thing I've heard about that lately, and, and that one kind of con, uh, confuses me, is when uh, Millie, you mm-hmm. know, uh, during the January 6th thing said, hey, no, I pick up my phone and talk straight to the Chinese military commander and let him know, hey, 
hey, the football's safe, and I'll let you know if anything's going to happen. Right there, I mean, that's completely different to what Hutch and I and, and probably you and, and your military and service would ever think that um, the commander, you know, at the Pentagon would do, you know, in yeah. in contrast to what the commander in chief you know, intentions would be. That's not his, you know, it's kind of a scary time that we missed, like in your book in 83, we lived through that to Hutch is like reflecting on where he was. He's well, like, wait, all, now this makes sense. We're right? all, all like, three of us, all three of us were participants in the Cold War. All right. So yeah. we all had, and this is what I think one of the problems is. The people in Washington that are that are accelerating this sleepwalking maneuver into World War III, I don't know if they're not afraid of – did, did we lose the knowledge that we three have of what nuclear weapons are and what they do uh, in some of these uh, leaders in, in Washington? I, I saw the other day uh, there was a guy – he didn't just say it just now, but he said it earlier last year. Senator Roger Wicker out of Mississippi told Neil Cavuto that even the first strike nuclear strike's not off the table. How could you say that? I mean, this, this is, these are things that drive me crazy. You know, it, it's, we're sleepwalking into this, and I, I swear when I listen to these people like Josh Hawley and the rest of these warmongers that are talking this, do they even have any concept what this will bring, Brian? I, I just wonder. That's, and I'm not trying to bring politics into your interview. Yeah, but just, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand your point, and I, I do think that there is in Washington today a lack of appreciation, and it's not just in Washington. I think it's throughout the national security and foreign policy establishment. Uh, I think there's a lack of understanding of nuclear war. Um, I, I've talked recently with um, Dr. Paul Bracken. Paul Bracken is... I guess he's an emeritus professor now, but he was a longtime um, full professor at, at Yale, and he is one of the leading experts in the world on nuclear war and nuclear escalation and nuclear policy. And he's concerned. He has he's expressed the same concerns to me that the national security establishment folks just don't really have an appreciation for. The escalatory ladder and what it could mean, especially and, uh, at the State Department. The State Department's the one that's that's mm-hmm. really at Victoria Newland. I mean, Putin is is saying, "Hey, we'll go to the table." She's like, "No, we're not going to the table." It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's it is concerning to me and and to others, of course. And uh, I I would like to see us talking. I mean, all wars end with some sort of negotiated settlement. This one's not going to be any exception. And I, uh, I, I, I think I understand the White House's position, but I don't understand their strategy. <laughs> right, I'd like to see and, it. I'd like to see the war plan. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but I do think that's. I, I've. Uh, I, I have the same point of view that I think there's a lack of real appreciation and understanding of nuclear escalatory policy of how you begin to ratchet and dial it down uh, uh there we we've kind of lost the bubble on that i think and yeah and it is um 
it's concerning and it's and not just with russia but also with china and as china uh china's on this massive nuclear modernization binge and probably by the early 2030s um they will have nuclear superiority over both the United States and Russia. Yeah. And, you know, how do we deal with that kind of a situation? So, yeah, it's, um, I, I, I do think there needs to be a renaissance and understanding of nuclear policy and nucle- nuclear escalatory risk. Just, just war in general. I mean, the, the whole thing, the, the, this whole, yeah. uh, our track record is not very good since World War II. But, uh, Brian, if you could, if you could elaborate a little bit more on the, uh, the nuts and bolts of this, like the uh, the idea that actual nuclear weapons were being placed on planes. Yeah, um, I, I, I'll go back to the trigger event, which was the Korean Airlines shootdown. And one of the things I talk about in the Able Archers, and I, I should say for this audience in particular, that uh, the Able Archers did go through the pre-publication review process, both with the Pentagon and with the intelligence community. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Because it is, it's a novel, but it's based on real events. And I do talk about a lot of things in this book that have never been revealed before. And one of which is that in the couple of days after the Korean Airlines shootdown, uh, we nearly got into a shooting war between the U.S. Air Force and the Soviet Air Force uh, in that air in the region right around where the air, airline crashed into the into the sea, and that was avoided only really because of cool thinking on the part of General Chuck Donnelly, who was the commander of U.S. Forces Japan at the time. Uh, the Soviets went on a heightened nuclear alert after the Korean airline shoot down. We did not. We did not go to a higher um, nuclear forces alert, but the Soviets did. Then uh, on the night of the 27th, actually the early, very early morning hours of the 27th of, of September, <clears throat> so just a few weeks after the Korean airline shoot down, which took place on the 1st of September, 83, uh, the Soviet National Missile Defense Center which is was then and is now located uh, about 100 kilometers or so south of Moscow. Um, a few minutes after midnight, they their missile warning satellites detected several waves of intercontinental ballistic missile launches 
from Grant Forks Air Force Base in the United States. And uh, the officer on duty that night, the watch officer on duty that night, Lieutenant Colonel Stanislav Petrov, had to make really almost split-second decisions about is this a real attack? Is the United States really launching a first strike, which the Soviet leadership for several years had believed the United States was about to do. They really believed, and this is one of the lessons of the Able Archer crisis, is that the Soviets believed we were going to launch a first strike. We couldn't believe in the U.S. intelligence community that the Soviets believed that, <laughs> but they did. So we were mirror imaging thinking they couldn't possibly believe that, but they actually did. But that night, again, their missile warning satellites um, uh, detected these these launches, which turned out to be spurious signals. But Petrov, the colonel on duty, didn't know that. He had to make, again, decision within 20 or 25 minutes about whether to recommend a retaliatory strike on the part of Soviet nuclear forces, which were on heightened alert again. Uh, for a variety of reasons that I explain in the book, Petrov was the right guy at the right place at the right time, and he decided, no, I think this is not a real attack. I'm not going to recommend a retaliatory strike. And so he made, fortunately for the world, the right decision that night. Then um, the Soviets were pretty spooked by that event, and they continued their nuclear alert. Simultaneously, while that was happening, um, the U.S. was condu conducting with NATO uh, the annual reforger exercises in Europe. That's return, um, to, return to Germany, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, return, return, of, forces return to of forces to Germany. And, and that there was a series of interconnected exercises that began in September, shortly after the Korean airline incident and extended all the way into around November 10th. And it played out a scenario in that year, 1983, a particularly realistic scenario uh, of conventional war, an escalation to chemical warfare. And then the final phase was a nuclear war phase, which was the Able Archer exercise. So Able Archer was just the culminating phase of a multi-phase series of exercises that started in September. Well, the Soviets thought Able Archer 83, which had a much more realistic scenario than past ones did, past Able Archers, plus the U.S. was deploying in late 1983 for the first time Pershing II intermediate-range ballistic missiles to Germany, nuclear missiles and ground-launched cruise missiles, nuclear missiles, to the United Kingdom. And the Soviets viewed both of those weapon systems as first-strike weapon systems. The Pershings could reach Moscow from Germany in a six or seven minutes. And on, the on the tactical level, they were issuing stingers. Yes. And so the Soviet, from their perspective this series of exercises culminating with Able Archer looked like the real thing. They were paranoid to the point of 
almost hysteria in the Kremlin that the United States was going to conduct a nuclear first strike. Um, Able Archer, the, the scenario for the exercise originally called for both Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, who is Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, to participate in the exercise at the point when the National Command Authority was asked to release nuclear weapons. So the Soviets thought, and this had never happened before. This had never happened. So the Soviets were aware of that and thought to say, there's another piece of evidence that this is the real thing. There were a number of other things that happened that I won't get into here that convinced the Soviets this was different, that this exercise was different than ones we'd conducted in the past. All right, well, Brian, I, I, know, I, well, I know we're running out of time, but I want to get Jack in yeah. there uh, for a final, final question, sir, if you don't mind. Yeah, and sure. I think what, what Brian was describing is is the point when I'm bringing it into today's scenario, which which uh, gives me the most angst because in your article um, that I posted for the in the chat room for the folks to read, you're mentioning that uh, one of the key members, uh, General Perutz, who yes. had to make that decision, and he went and you describe his career and where he ended up, and it, at the end of his career, he did an end of tour report. It, which which uh, spurred an actual full-scale in, investigation, President's Foreign Intelligence Advisory Board. And their report came out, and it was declassified in 2015. Correct. Which I guess, I guess we can still access. But later yes. on, you say that Perut's actual uh, end-of-tour deal was declassified in 2021. Um, but last October, the CIA sued to have it put back behind the curtain. And Correct. my question, I don't know how much you can say about it, but is there information that would help us get through this situation? I mean, experience this, what this is, is learning from experience. You got a man put in a situation with no communication and he makes the right decision, right? And he's laying his life story of that incident on the line and now it was put out to where america can understand it and then the cia says no we're pulling that back so should be we should we be worried about that or is there enough in that pfiab report that we can uh hope that our current state department and intel people can make the right decisions and prevent uh you know, an apocalyptic situation for yeah, us going it's a, forward. It's a it's a great question. I I think the PIFIAP report, which is still available um, through the National Security Archive at George Washington University, for those who are interested, it's also it's also largely captured in a book that uh, Nate Jones, who used to run that center at GW, uh, he published in 2015 or 16, called Able Archer 83. Um, I, I think if people read that, if they read the PIFIAB report, they can learn a lot of lessons. There's more detail in General Perutz's report. Um, I, I, I think, I agree with the Washington Post on this point. The Washington Post wrote an editorial last October uh, when the federal judge ruled in the CIA's favor to have the Perutz report pulled back behind the green door. The Post said, 
you know, people need to know this. And I, I tend to agree with the post. That, yeah. and, and, you know, CIA said, well, there were sources and methods that we were worried about. Okay, well, redact those. Then redact those. <laughs> but let's, you know, get the Perutz report out there. I, and it's, it's important for, especially for intelligence professionals and for national security folks to read those reports and really digest them. I don't know if they're doing that. I, I worry about, you know, folks thinking, well, that's just ancient history now and it's not maybe germane, but it, I, I, your point, I think, is exactly spot on. It is germane and people should be looking at the lessons you could learn from the report that General Prudes did and the and that PIFIAP report. Yeah, right. and how can you not, we can stop repeating history if we don't know what the history was to begin with. But like you said, it, that's from the 83 period of time, the Cold War, the wall, Berlin Wall came, the Cold look, War. Look what today's right? anniversary so is. This is the 50-year anniversary of the Paris Peace Accords. I mean, today, right. you know, I mean, we, yeah. we slept. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I walked right into World War One. Brian Mora, thank you so much for coming on the show. I just ordered your book while you were talking, so I know it's easy to do. How can people get your book, sir? Well, they can visit my website, www.brianjmora.com, and there's more information about me and about the Able Archers, and you can, there are buttons for both Amazon and barnesandnoble.com there. Uh, or folks can go directly to Amazon and or BarnesandNoble.com, and the book's available now uh, in hardcover, in ebook, and there's an audio book that just came out in November, which is really very good, <laughs> and they did a great job. Uh, they hired a, an American actor to read the uh, American character, and then uh, who is the one narrator, and they hired a Russian actor to read the, uh. the Soviet GRU officer. Nice. So it's really, it's pretty good. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, sir. It's very enlightening. You really enjoyed it, Brian. Thank you very yep. much. Love to have you back. Thank sometime. you both very much. All, All the best. Right. See you. Okay. One American News Network your leading source for the latest breaking national and international news. With nearly four times as many headlines as the other networks. Straight news, no speculation, no opinion, just the facts. Complete coverage 24 hours a day, seven days a week. One American News Network, your source for credible news. 
The very First Amendment in the Constitution of the United States of America gives us the freedom to express our opinions and ideas in many ways. Speech can be weak, speech can be strong. Speech can be words, speech can be song. Speech can breed love, speech can breed hate. Speech can be poor, speech can be great. There are so many things that speech can be, but above all else, speech must be free. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, McCormick Foundation, and this station. You are listening to Cold War Radio. back ladies and gentlemen that was one of the better ones jack um i'll tell you that was an amazing interview it was uh, you know for that time, i mean that's that's the lord's influence boom putting that email and it just hit yeah. you and i mean you talk about dual periods of time you know i think of 1983 and i'm like man that was a great time to be alive. It was, man. Reagan was president and all this. And it's like, because I even told Kathy, my wife, before the show, I said, I said, you got to listen. You got to listen. We got a guest on who's going to talk about how the, we were at the closest yeah. to uh, global nuclear war in God, 1983. I'm, I'm glad I didn't die in, in Korea. I'm glad I didn't have to die in that yeah. shithole, man. Wow. I mean, I love the place. She's like, yeah. She said, you're bullshit, me. I was alive there. I was in 83. I didn't hear nothing. I said, that's exactly. And that's right. all I'm going to tell you because yeah. you got to listen to the show. So, right. Uh, I mean, hopefully she'll be like, uh, I saw this thing um, earlier today, getting ready for the show. Uh, and, and, you know, you're looking at all these things that spiral. We talked about them with, with the guest spiraling out of control, right. sleepwalking into war. Um, and I just wonder, I saw this article. Uh, who wrote the damn thing? Cheryl Colomer at Crisis Magazine. And uh, it basically talked about if you're watching the tide go out, you don't know it's out until it's already out. And if, if you watch the, the moon, you don't know it's at its brightest until it starts waning. You know, and, and she, she says, are we watching the turning of the tide in our failing country? And she goes on with a couple of points. Medical studies that call into question the COVID narrative are making it through the censors. Twitter's opened up the tap on evidence of collusion between the government and media to deceive the public about COVID and other things. And more and more people know someone who has been disabled or killed by the vaccine. Are we starting to approach critical mass? And it goes on. You know, that used to be called conspiracy theory. Now it's discernment. And, you know, it talks about uh, little will change until we reach a critical mass. Uh, on both sides, and both sides will continue to get act against the will of the majority. See the omnibus spending bill, and I'd add into that the reelection of 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 Ronna Romney. When you have the 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 Rasmussen poll clearly saying that Republicans don't want that, you know you you got people being treated as heroes like this freaking freak Zelensky, um, children children being victimized, but it's all. 
are, are people starting to, to, to fight back? You know, is, is this is this something that are, are we starting to get awake enough, not woke, but awakened enough to realize if we don't do something, Kevin McCarthy's not going to do anything. You know, what What are we going to do? Are we are we reaching that point, do you think, or getting closer to it? I think I think the tide is turning. The people are, I mean, like I said, with the Ron McDaniel thing, yeah, that's disappointing she got elected again. But the exposure of how that actual nomination and election has been exposed for what it is, a sham, right? Yeah. You know, you're like, and the other shows previously, it's like, all right, there was finally a list produced of the three uh, RNC people from each state who are the ones that vote. That was exposed. That's the first time I've seen that put out. Now you have something to go after, right? You're like, now you can hold them accountable. You know the three from your state that did this. Did they vote for her? Then hold them accountable. I think the make the, sure the professional, that you don't have those same people. I think the side. professional Republican Party is in trouble, man. I think they're going to pay for that. Yeah, that along with the fact that that Mitch McConnell was a Democrat, which is clear as day. I mean, to anybody watching, I, I don't believe that everybody in the Senate agrees with him. And I wish somebody and would the, have the balls to come out and talk about him. And, in front and you of know him. me, I, I've always said I'm a centrist. Right, right. I'm not. I'm not dyed in the red Republican. I'm not either. I lean more conservative than I do uh, Democrat. Uh, Right now, I would be considered by the mainstream media a white, a right wing supremacist. Right. Sure. So that's labels. But what I've seen over this election, in in since. since uh, President Trump was elected till now, it's growing pains. It's not going to be the be-all, end-all. It's like we had the 20, uh, 22 midterms, and you had people saying, oh, there's no way after the first year of Biden and all this, it's going to be a sweep. The Republicans are, are going to take the House and the Senate. No, I believe they didn't. No, they did. But now you know. Now you have that. You're like, all right, we saw the sign. We saw everybody pushing towards it. Or we saw this. But what, what's the end result? We thought we thought President Trump was going to be an easy, easy victory and I for think, 2020. I, I think without and then all the, of a sudden, fraud, all of a sudden, been. 2019, uh, the, the uh, military games that just so happened to be held uh, in Wuhan, China, People that were participating in that game started to get sick. And I posted links on this show to the uh, NIH articles when they're sitting there, the original origins of the spread vector of the Wuhan virus, the COVID-19 deal, came directly from that event. The, The World Military Games held in Wuhan in 2019. Look it up. Go sit there and read it. Go to the NIH read article. I posted them in last the uh, Wednesday show so people can follow this, right? All of this stuff, we're learning at a quick pace. You got people pissed off. 
right? So what if we're not out there uh, like leftists burning Atlanta down because uh, one of their dumbass Antifa protesters fired a shot at the police and he got capped? They should have killed them all. I mean, that's, that's, they're terrorists. Right. But anyway, let's, let's, let's get back to the, to the war and stuff like that. I got a kind of a script here. Um, right. Listen to what Joe Biden said 90 days ago. Think of what we're doing right now, where we are with the tanks, and they're starting to talk F-16s. Listen to what the president of the United States, the resident of the White House, said 90 days ago. The idea, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War Three. Okay? Isn't that reassuring? Yeah. Isn't that so very, very reassuring? What did he just do this week? This is, this is, I mean, and you got to couple it. Uh, just like I tried to couple uh, the Cold War in the early 1980s as Korea on one side and Germany on the other side. The United States Marine Corps opens its, opened its first new base in 70 years yesterday on Guam, an island equidistant between Japan and Taiwan, to allow American troops to act if China makes a move on Taiwan, according to media reports. The 4,000-acre base, formerly known as Camp Blas, will house approximately 5,000 Marines, and comes as the United States is seeking to reorganize troop presence in the Pacific to bolder deterrence against China, according to CNN. It will eventually serve as a training hub for Marines aiming to guard allies, critical sea lanes, and Pacific islands in the event of a Chinese invasion, the Wall Street Journal reported. Um, you're no intimately- to the rumor that Hank Johnson is... <laughs> It bought stock in snorkels because you know five thousand marines on that's Guam. a lot of marines. We I know. know, we know. <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm resisting the urge. I'm resisting it. But you're intimately familiar with this area of the world. I mean, that archipelago right. uh, was the bloodiest uh, area for the United States during World War II. I mean, the casualty figures, if you look at them. On Okinawa and Saipan and Tarawa and Guam, they were freaking horrible. They were horrendous. They had they had battles where fifty thousand Americans were killed. I mean, and probably okay. more. You talk about the uh, the what do you call World it? War Two? The, the Japanese, the, right, right, right. The Japanese soldiers were so loyally brainwashed, brainwashed <laughs> yeah. that. I think it was in the 80s, I still remember, one of the islands in the Pacific that uh, World War II Japanese soldiers came out, right? And they had to convince them that the war was freaking over. Like, hey, dude, man, what are you doing here? You know, I got a sandwich. It's like, hey. They even, you know, just like they, they do now, they even interjected that into sitcoms. I remember seeing Gilligan's Island episodes that there was a lost Japanese soldier on the island. You know, it, that was the seventies. Yeah, that was the seventies. It was, it but was. it was, but it was true. I mean, that's how loyal and brainwashed they those soldiers were. 
it was even you know he uh, Hutch was talking about Okinawa. That's where my mother's from. Um, but the 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 brainwashing, the propaganda put on to the Okinawans on that island. They said if the Americans ever get here, you better you know kill yourself, whatever you fight to the death because they're savages and and they'll do whatever to you. That you see a vintage footage of villagers from Okinawa, I mean, leaping off of these um, volcanic cliffs. Because I've been there once, and their coastline from those cliffs is like jagged rock. Um, and it's horrible what war does um, to people. It's horrible that we are, you know, we can, uh, we are, our our government has actually funding using our taxpayer money to fund and arm uh, another war uh, which my opinion is not needed uh, it was forced who's gonna, upon who's, who's going to fight it that's what i that's what i keep thinking you look i mean we hey. had we had millions of men under arms during world war 2 and that's what you're talking about here you're yeah. talking about a European, actually it's Asia. Russia is the biggest country in Asia for those people that think the Chinese are Asians or Asians are Chinese. Russia, the biggest people in Asia is Russians. It's not the biggest population, but it's the biggest landmass. Uh, you have. But the, that, and you have China. I mean, that's that's World War II all over again. You, you have people, military personnel based in, I think it's in the center. You know, you always talk about moving the capital of the United States to Kansas or something like that. Yeah. And to have people operating drones in the, in the middle East that are sitting in basically in that Arizona, region Fort of the Wichita, United Arizona, States. Yeah, sure. Playing a fucking video game. And I think that's, but that's, it's not a video game, right? I, You're I, talking about ending people's lives. There's a, there's a complete um, difference between people that have been brought up strictly that were born and the internet was already here. Right. It's a different type of person. It, it just is. Even though we're half-ass savvy on this stuff, it's not our entire life experience. You know, we you drop our, a yeah, you drop a already, dime on somebody. You drop a dime on somebody by dropping a dime in a payphone. That's what that comes from. You've gone from the chivalry that used to be nation of uh, Europe started all this crap, right? <laughs> king upon king, Ch China, conquering, dude. but it was the leader, whoever was leading that effort was there in the battle. Not like we have now, where all of these people that are more than willing to enrich people that make the weapons, Lindsay freaking Graham, yeah. hide in D.C. and urge on and cheer on a conflict so their buddies and their voters stay employed and make weapons because if you look at all, the, all of these allocations to Ukraine, they're depleting our active duty military's uh, force this, readiness. That stuff and is creating not surplus. A it yeah, is it's not creating surplus. a vacuum which guarantees jobs in the military industrial complex. And let's keep in mind they're fake jobs because we're 30 trillion dollars in debt. 
They're only jobs until the rest of the world says, no, we're not messing with this dollar anymore. And that's already starting to happen. Heaven forbid peace break out across the globe. Don't you think that would be a a very uh, nice uh, oppression on the uh, climate, right? Uh, I'll tell you something. Blowing shit up, man. I'll I'll tell you the reality of it, though. The reality of it is if that dollar goes down, that military goes down. And when that military goes down, people are going to be getting their payback. We've been blowing people up for 100 years, you know, for no reason a lot of times. Hey, they're, they're already training our military uh, to be, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, gender uh, <laughs> pronoun specific, right? Yeah. I, hey. I'll tell you, and let me tell you how serious this is. A person I know uh, was scheduled to go on an exercise this month, well, beginning of next month, to Germany. And for those of you who have been in the military and been around volatile situations, his exercise was canceled yesterday. I'll let you decide what you think about that. I know what I think about it, and I know what the guy that called me thought about it, but that's some real deal. I got a a little montage. Biden was out there speaking uh, I think it was yesterday. It might have been today. Uh, but the first, this little montage, the first portion of it, he's like in that Alzheimer's mode where his voice goes up and he's clenching his chest. And, and just, just listen, and then we'll wrap it up with Corinne Jean-Pierre at the end, uh, spitting some lies. Talk about being deprived of your pride. Look at your child child you know needs it and you can't afford summer plenty of wall street analysts were saying that at the by the end of the year there'd be a recession they've been telling me since i got elected they're going to be in a recession every time we've gone we've gotten better well it turns out thank god they were wrong we just have to remember who in god's name we are we're the united states of america and nothing, 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 nothing is beyond our capacity if we work together. We've never failed to accomplish a goal we've set. Never, never, never. The president spent the last two years, as you know, doing everything he could to lower gas prices for American families. And prices are down about $1.60 a gallon since last summer. Now, House Republicans are using their narrow majority to force the American people to pay higher gas prices just as big oil companies are amassing record profits. Well, I mean, you can't really make that stuff up, Jack. I mean, the guy's losing his freaking cookies, man. I know. I I posted like, I felt the same way when I charged San Juan Hill with Teddy (laughs) Prendergast. Yeah, Teddy (laughs) Prendergast. Oh man, I'll tell you, this is uh, this is really that's, good. That's your president, Mr. Bailey. It is, ladies and gentlemen, your weekly jihad report that I did not put in the show notes. So I'm, I'm on the website. Uh, Thirty-three jihad attacks, one hundred and twenty-four killed, two hundred and thirteen injured, five suicide blasts. All this occurring in twelve countries. The religion of peace atrocity of the week. Congo, 14 dead as Islamists bomb a church. Other recent misunderstandings of Islam. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, on the 27th in Israel, a Hamas gunman opens fire on worshippers at a synagogue, killing seven. On the 25th in Germany, a confused Muslim migrant stabs two teens to death on a train. On the 25th in Spain, a Muslim migrant shouting death to Christians murders a church worker with an axe and injures a priest. On the 22nd in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, two dozen villagers are massacred by ADF Islamists, including 17 executed for drinking alcohol. On the 22nd in Keith Ellison's Somalia, at least six others are killed when Al-Shabaab storm a mayor's office on the heels of a suicide bombing. And finally, on the 20th in Burkina Faso, jihadists raid a sleepy town and massacre eight innocents. The religion of peace, ladies and gentlemen, one body at a time. Allahu Akbar, Allah. All right, let's go to winners and losers. Jack, you are up. I see you're back, so you're up. I looked through the show thing. I think we're going to cover this, but my winner this week is James O'Keefe and his Project Veritas uh, with the Pfizer thing. I think yeah, we got that, that. a little bit. Um, amazing work uh, again by him, um, but I'll save it for when the story comes up. My loser, we did cover this again. And that's the Republican National Committee, uh, because they failed once again the conservative movement by re-electing um, Mitt Romney's niece, of all Ronna people. McDaniel. You know, uh, and like I said earlier, I don't could care less if they spent so much money in there. What I care about is who they're backing, who they're supporting in uh, elections. And they sure as hell aren't supporting constitution-loving MAGA Republicans. We saw that. They bailed right out of Arizona as soon as the election was over when they could have made a stand there and back Carrie Lake and I mean, uh, Abe Blake Samana Masters and, and Blake Masters. And that could have been ground zero about getting our elections righted, right? You know, it's... And nobody realize, says they want nobody's vote to be not counted. What we want 
is a free and fair election where everybody's legal vote is counted. But yeah. it's like a trough. Like that that's why the that's why the expenditures bother me. Because that's not their money. That's some money that a donor gave them. And, you know, maybe the the CEO of Home Depot is okay with that. But I know the guy like me that sends two hundred dollars ain't okay with that. You know, and you have when you have that much expenditure on overhead, that's money that can't go to Blake Masters. And every every donation that was made to that RNC was made to get Republicans elected. I think it's criminal what they do. Right. Well, we highlight that. We, that's yeah. why we say, hey, find a candidate you support right. directly. Fund them. Do not put your money in the hands of the RNC. Expect that they're going to do what you want. And I, I understand a little bit of it, I think. You know, I don't like to get into the weeds with this because it bores me. But... With campaign finance laws, I know Home Depot can't fund a person. They have to send it to a money launderer like the RNC to do that, which is all it is, really, if you think about it. Or Mitch McConnell or Kevin right. McCarthy yeah, yeah, or right. any whoever else has a freaking pack. Right. And they're all, they're all in, cahoots with, they're in cahoots with that each should, other, too. Yeah, that should go to the Supreme Court and be wiped out. Well, I'll agree with that for one thing. Person. I'll agree with that with one one caveat, you take away the union's ability to do it then. If, if corporations aren't allowed to do it, none of these groups should be allowed to do it. Look at, we, look we at, had to, look the, at but look at the Democrats' uh, adherence to the abandonment of unions on general, right? They still stick to SEIU and then public, uh, public sector unions, but do they back like – the the big union the labor unions that they once did after Citizens nope. United came nope. through no that's, that's they got their you, own packs that's why union members are so pissed off all the time I think so uh, that, yeah all right so where are we at crazy. did you do both of yours I did my loser I, I don't have a winner. RNC I don't have a winner I got a loser and that's the Pennsylvania GOP Pennsylvania Repu- Republicans in Pennsylvania. Republicans are hoping to push former GOP Senate candidate, wait for it, Dave McCormick. From where is he from? Isn't he from Connecticut? In the New challenge, Jersey? Is he from Jersey or, is, like or no? The other guy, Oz New York Jersey. City, Connecticut. In the challenging Pennsylvania Senator Bob Casey, a Democrat, in 2024, the Hill's reporting, McCormick was defeated by Mehmet Oz. In the Republican primary in 2022, Oz went on to lose to Democrat John Fetterman. If I was him, I'd dig a hole and never come out of it. The Hill noted that many in the GOP are convinced McCormick would have stood a better chance of defeating Fetterman. McCormick has not made any announcement about the 2024 race, but he continues to be in the public eye. Maybe at the PA GOP's in the public eye. He's not in my eye. I never knew the guy before that. Oz isn't thrown his... uh... No, Oz is in New Jersey somewhere. He's eating that erdodite or whatever the hell it was. He's done? Erdodite. <laughs> whatever that stuff is. Um, so uh, I wanted to run something here. Uh, the Kremlin uh, has responded to uh, Newlands. That's Victoria Newland of the State Department. You saw her. She was the overweight Karen in the congressional hearings that, that said that 
the United States had weapons bio labs in Ukraine. If you remember that testimony, that's who she is. And she's like number two now. The controversial U.S. diplomat has rehashed old talking points that are unacceptable for Moscow, spokesman Dmitry Peskov said. The U.S. is leaving no room for compromise on sanctions and potential negotiations with Russia, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said on Friday. Let me caveat this, ladies and gentlemen, with you can't get any real news in the United States about this stuff. This is from Russia today. So if you don't believe it, that's fine. But but I'm just, I'm just telling you that's where this came from. His statement came after U.S. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Nuland, suggested that restrictions on Moscow could be eased if it hands back its newly incorporated territories to Ukraine. That's a really good strategy, Vicky. We still don't see anything new in Madame Nuland's words. We are absolutely not inclined to exaggerate their importance, Peskov told reporters. The spokesman added that Newland has practically repeated the set of themes, theses that show the lack of flexibility in the position of the U.S., which in turn is completely different from our position. During a hearing in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee yesterday, Newland suggested that Secretary of State Antony Blinken, a member of the Penn-Biden cartel, would favor sanctions relief if Moscow decides to negotiate seriously and withdraw its forces from Ukraine and return territory. In December 2013, Nuland openly backed the anti-government protests in Kiev. She toured the capital's main square, the Maiden, offering loaves of bread and other snacks to protesters and police officers. Two months later, a leaked phone call revealed that Nuland was discussing who should be included in Ukraine's new government with Jeffrey Pyatt, the U.S. ambassador to the country, at the time, uh, you know, let's listen to uh, Victoria Newland nine months ago. I think the most difficult part on the diplomatic side is that diplomatic resolutions to conflicts should generally come after an agreed ceasefire, not during the middle of the fighting. And the Russians have been absolutely unwilling uh, to have a full ceasefire so that negotiations can get serious. Um, You know, the Ukrainian side has said that it is willing to talk about neutrality. It is willing to talk about long-term leasing in Crimea. It is willing um, to talk about all kinds of other things. But so far, the Russian position has been capitulate and then maybe we'll talk. I think that, unfortunately, uh, the Russians have not yet fully learned how tough uh, the Ukrainian military is. And uh, they are taking uh, incredible losses on the Russian side, you know, by our estimates, uh, more than 10,000 Russian dead. Um, But uh, until there is a true ceasefire, I don't think we're going to have serious talks, but we'll see. And and in nine months, I think they're up to 16,000 dead. And I think Ukraine has suffered 130,000. Yeah, they failed to realize that in March of last year, uh, Zelensky and Ukraine was ready and uh, Putin and Russia was there to talk about ceasefire, right? The whole deal we've talked about on the show was to push back against NATO expansion. It's the stupid NATO expansion. Yes. The NATO shouldn't even exist. You're exactly anymore, right. Right? 
They, they're it's, just they're right up there with the UN and the WHO. They should all be gone. The Cold War is over. That is the whole reason the Soviet Union against the West was the entire reason that NATO existed. Of which the Ukraine the, was a part of. To all you Josh Hall, Union. all you Tom Cottons <laughs> out there begging for war, these are Nazis. And let me tell you, there's you can go on revolver.com and there's an in-depth 50-page long article in there explaining what Zelensky has done to the Ukrainian government and military. Ukraine is a Nazi company, a country right now. He eliminated everybody else but the Nazis, including the churches. I mean, when you see him firing all these corrupt people because the Republicans are here now and we're going to have an audit, all they're doing is rearranging the deck chairs. There's only one party. Centralized all the communications and information that going out from the government right right to the people. Right there's no, there's no, and you, you, and 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 the big thing about Victoria Newland, which I'm glad that you brought up, is 2014. Ukraine had an elected government that favored. negotiate or not negotiation but um trade and all that cooperation with russia justice and russia and was re- rebuking any efforts to be drawn in to the european union the globalists right and nato and you can actually but if the you color revolution and what Victoria Newland was directly involved in the overtaking sure. and throwing out poor, uh, I think it was Poroshenko. Um, that is that is who it was. And, and I'll tell you, this is what I was trying. One one of the things I, I I had to, I had to make sure the interview was a quality one. All right. So oh, I tip I tip awesome I tiptoed around the fact that he's in the defense industry. You know what I mean for the Air Force, but I, yeah. This, and this I, my woman, question kind of drew it out. He was kind of, kind. He sounded kind of disappointed in the current. He did intel community. as he should be, as he should be. This Newland, it's why I've been saying the State Department's at the heart of this. The State Department pulls around Mark Milley's fat ass by the nose. All right, I'm telling you, man. The military is subordinate to the State Department and the CIA. Understand that. They are subordinate to them. And it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. Uh, and I guess if you look at the Constitution, maybe it is the way it's supposed to be with civilian control of the military. But I don't think it should go all the way down to these unconstitutional uh, cabinet level and agencies. Uh, I think we, we, we endanger ourselves that way. Uh, on the website, there is a half an hour long interview with Napolitano, who I don't think he's with Fox anymore. He looks like he's emaciated. He looks like he has cancer or something. But he's, uh, he interviews Colonel Retired McGregor, who's too good for the show. He wouldn't come on. He did answer me, but he wasn't available to come on the show. I really wish that he would have, but maybe at some point we'll get him in here. But Another time, yeah. yeah. Keep the door open for him. Oh, I will. I will. I love the guy, man. He's the only guy telling the truth. You, uh, you had Spooky on once back in the day too you know and he's another one That's yeah he, he was a good one um i like this deep. i like this format that we have now better than having a publicist a communication director 
because right. I pick who I want. If it's six months in between interviews, I'm not interviewing anybody on some dumb stuff. Hey, you're hitting the home runs. I put it in the, in the uh, VFW chat room where the Hutch hit another home run. I mean, that's the only thing the, I'm interested. Uh, that's what the show's about, and I'm getting these requests for people that are like, I don't know. I mean, you, you've heard some of the ridiculous interviews we've done. You've been part of them, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's hard, man. Easy, man. Easy. No, they were good. No. They were good. But yeah, they, I always enjoy the guests, and I <clears throat> I really enjoy the long term format yeah. that that's allowed here. You know, you you can get to the nuts and bolts, and uh, get much more than just canned answers because a lot of these guests are used to being on for like two minutes, so they already know. Yeah, I they got, went on, boom. They, they I went got, on Tucker Carlson. I got, <laughs> they got 30 seconds. Right. I, yeah, I got this, I got this, and that's all I can say. Right. We let them talk, and it's like Not a lot respect. of times you can hear it in their voice that they love. They just, they're like, wow, I get to Well, to, that's one thing that we got all from, of this. With, with, with all the guests. They went back to the publicist, and they all say that they love coming on this show. You know, because usually what I do is I publish the, and you guys know this, I mean, I publish the interview by itself after the show. I'll do that tomorrow morning sometime. Uh, And most of the time I send uh, the person that we interviewed a copy of that. So I don't know. But anyway, a little light uh, measure. I guess it's not light, but it's not political either. Jay Leno broke multiple bones in a motorcycle accident on January 17th. According to a recent interview with the Las Vegas Review-Journal, the interviewer asked Leno for an update on his recovery after he suffered burns in a November car fire. The former Tonight Show host confirmed that he had sustained serious burns as a result of that incident and went on to explain he had since been injured again. Then just last week, I got knocked off my motorcycle, so I've got a broken collarbone, I've got two broken ribs, I've got two cracked kneecaps. He said, man, he's catching hell, Jack. It's like, hey, I know, hey, that burns, I don't feel live anymore. It's like, hey, it's like that never happened. Well, what happened, Jay? Oh, I fell off the motorcycle. I got two cracked kneecaps, you know, broken ribs, you know. that. You know, I don't know where the pain's going to go next week, but hey, let's go. Now... I want to I want to hit uh, story two, and then we'll open the phones up here. Uh, right. But and the reason that I want to do this is is because I'm not completely sold on the reason that they give here, and I'll I'll talk about that. But Bally Sports to go bankrupt. Several teams could take huge hit and potentially be forced to cut payroll. This is by Andrew Powell. My Atlanta Braves, Miami Heat, and Florida Panthers are affected by this, and your team probably is too. In what has to be one of the worst financial collapses in the history of sports media, if not the worst, period, Diamond Sports Group, who manages Sinclair Broadcast Group's 19 Bally Sports Regional Sports Television Networks, is reportedly filing for bankruptcy, according to Bloomberg. Scheduled to make a $140 million interest-only payment, in February, Diamond will skip that because of an $8.6 billion of debt and is reportedly preparing to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy that will liquefy the sports media empire that's valued around $55 billion, the outlet reported. As a result, several professional sports teams, and we're talking a crapload, 
who rely on revenue from TV deals are going to take a huge financial hit and will have to pull back their spending, potentially cutting payroll, especially considering that Diamond can terminate the deals whenever they want amid a restructuring. The St. Louis Cardinals, for example, have been singled out as a franchise that will take one of the biggest hits because a lot of their revenue comes from RSN television rights. Altogether, Bally Sports broadcast 15 Major League Baseball teams, 17 basketball and 14 NHL teams, and several others as well. My fandom can't get too cut up about this because so many sports teams being involved, so it is what it is there. But what I'm curious about is what did Diamond and Sinclair think was going to happen with burning so many bridges with streaming services? I know how they agreed to a carriage deal last month with Fubo TV in which they would carry 19 RSNs. And when the original report came out, it was supposed to be a few weeks before the channels popped up on the platform. It's been over four now. There's still nothing. I just checked Fubo's website. And now we have this bankruptcy news. They could have had a better late-than-never situation if they had just come to a deal earlier. Or better yet, they would be nowhere near this predicament to begin with if they had gotten with the modern-day game. Dude, cable bills are expensive as heck. It's far cheaper to use a streaming service. But for some reason, Diamond and Sinclair didn't get that. They wanted to stay exclusive to cable. It was their way or the highway. They were affected at, at, at locking out sports fans for years, but now the chickens have come home to roost. What a disaster. They resist streaming services for the longest time, like I said, years and years, and then when they finally get a deal done, nothing happens. Just bankruptcy news. This is so Bally Sports. The same Bally Sports where you can't get the damn app work as far as i'm concerned screw them i hope they get their karma get taken out of business sports rights come to their streaming services sweet justice so i, I guess my question that. is do you, you know? think do you think it's all just that or do you think the wokeness had something to do with it i i, I hope some you know, of the wokeness did i hope that had something to do with it it's it's a little easier for me that you know a lot of this the major sports hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Have turned me away from them. I, I mean, I, I, I still grasp onto NHL mm-hmm. and, and uh, Major League Baseball. 
but the rest of them, like the NFL and all that, and these regional regional or regional sports, I don't like the way that they've taken away the ability of the fan to watch them live unless yeah. they pay like right. they're going to the game at the arena, right? When you're our age, you, you remember when every single base, <clears throat> baseball game, except for maybe a couple a year. For uh, your and, team. and every Yeah, for your own team. And every football game, you could watch in the tri-state area wherever you lived. Right. For free, just on air TV, just over the, over the airwaves. You know, it, daytime, night games, day games, whatever. You could yeah. t- learn, turn on your local. If you're in Pittsburgh, one yeah. of your Pittsburgh station had your p- Pirates playing. And radio um, station. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So and you, and and you now it's to, all. You, yeah, you got to pay now. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, terrible. I mean, I've, I'm starting I, to, I'm adapting to the streaming. I, I'd like to see the cable companies are got to go. I don't even have a dish anymore. I just, I get streaming. I get direct TV. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that aspect, but you have, um, how many stadiums are built, uh, by taxpayer money? I mean, have the fans paid enough via taxes to be able, that should be part of the, the stadium package for your home team. The penguins want to build a new arena and it's taxpayer funded. Part of that is a, Every single taxpayer that puts into that That's arena point. gets That's access to every freaking Penguins game there is. That's a very good right? point. Right? You see yeah. what I'm saying? You and shouldn't have taking, to pay somebody They're taking else. advantage of these cities, man. I mean, they're taking advantage of places like Detroit, you know, like New York, like San Francisco. And they're also screwed. using those same favorite. I mean, sports, pro sports was like when you're growing up, man, you want to – Baseball player, football player, yeah. basketball player, hockey player, whatever that you you, you want to be the best, you want to be number one, you want to hold that trophy yeah. at the end of the year, and now you're separating. You're saying no, you got to pay, you got to pay yeah. forty bucks to watch it on this streaming service. Yeah, this right. and, year, and that's the only uh, place you can watch it. You know, right? That's four one two two zero six six two zero eight. If you'd like to become, if you'd like to be on the show. Uh, the phone lines are open. We got a couple callers. We're going to go to them in just a second. But first. Oh, no. The beauty of this story is that the, the right wing of this country would have us believe that it's nothing to do with the guns and uh, that yeah. the solution to these type of shootings is to arm the teachers. So now the teacher has a gun. Was she supposed to shoot the kid? What would have happened? No, if let she him kill the whole gun? school. Who was he, Don't shoot him. To shoot? Yeah. They also say that a good guy with a gun is a, is a good solution to this. Well, there were good guys in Evalde, and they were too scared to go in against an AR-15. Right. So that didn't work. So now, I would just like to say that this country needs to get grow up. We need to grow up. We're the only civilized, well, not civilized, but I guess democratic country in the world that has this problem. We're up, we're between Venezuela and Brazil with the most mass shootings. We've had like, what, what was the stat? Like 29, Two communist countries. There were 40 mass right. shootings in the first Supported by the U.S. State Department. Yeah. And it's like, there's like a mental <laughs> illness going on in the country that has to be stopped. Immediately. And I believe that Joe Biden is trying to do something, but it runs up against these people who are getting money from the gun lobby and who, who want to keep that going. It's disgraceful. Hey, Mom, can you lend me some of that money you got from the gun lobby? I just want to say, 
not like I fundamentally disagree that arming teachers is the solution. Their job is to educate, yeah. not to be the, the and we already don't pay them the enough. protector that we don't no. pay them enough. This case is a bit of an outlier in that it's clearly a very young, disturbed kid. But across the board, 98% of mass shootings in this country are young men of a certain age. So between Kill adolescence young and young all. adulthood. we Guns are a huge factor. You cannot commit the crime without the gun. Mm-hmm. But there is a mental health component and there is a crisis of young men in this country that we don't know how to address and I don't think we're talking about it enough. Wait. You can't commit the crime without the gun. How dare she say that it was men? How the mm-hmm. hell does she know? Right. Right. She just gendered these criminals. And, and you, you can't possibly do the crime without a gun. Oh, sweetheart. Let, can, can I introduce you to a gallon of high test? You damn sure can do it without a gun. Look at London. Look at how many people are murdered with knives in London now. They'll just change the weapon of choice. That's all they'll do. Uh, and what about, what did Joy Behar ever do to get on TV? What the hell... She's right up there with Bette Midler. She had like two songs back in the 60s. Hey, I didn't play the clip. It was you. I did it on purpose just to piss you off. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you have to. You're going through this stuff and it's like, what? These people Uh, really are. They're they're, they're not all there. They're just not. Ken from King George, you're in line first, man. What's going on? Okay, for one, I don't think anybody on The View could identify an AR-15 if it was sitting on the desk in front of them. Hey, AR, that's an automatic rifle, if you ask a roll. Uh, or an assault rifle. Yeah. I got a vault. Yeah. I got a Capone's vault, number yeah. two, that I can open up. <laughs> Tune in. And the Uval, they were afraid to go in against an AR-15. Why do you think we have them? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's part of it. Anyway, go ahead. Well, you know, when, when the... Uh, when the assailant is is more armed than you know the people going in after him, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'll take anyway, it. To, I'll take it. To, if they give the if they give the United States Army phasers, I want a phaser. That's what the Second Amendment is. Yeah, the crying shame of Uvalde is there was a, a police officer on site had him in his sights, and, and instead of out, taking yeah. him out before he went into the school was waiting for the okay to take him out. That's what's wrong. And, he should and have you been got, down before he even got in school. That's true. And, but, you know, the thing, the one thing I never really thought about before until I heard that clip was, damn, man, I got to kill this kid. You know? I mean, I know, I know you have to. I know that. But I could see a hesitation in a grown man Depending on what the guy looked like, you know how old. Yeah, he look was what happened. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's not feeling too good now after you right. see the aftermath of that second guessing Indeed. his own. You Indeed. Know. Yep. Go ahead, Ken. But yeah, well, you were talking about hockey and all that. I mean, and it's so daggone expensive. We, I mean, we were able, we went to a hockey game with a bunch of my shipmates last Saturday to go watch the uh, the Admiral girls play, and they lost against. Um, but anyways, we were able to get a group rate because of you know, how many. Uh, yeah, it was like twenty bucks for the ticket. Well, you get in there. What? You know, bought, twenty bucks for the I ticket. A, yeah, twenty bucks for the ticket. Man, I bought two tickets for my wife and I on April first. It was two hundred seventy nine dollars. Yeah, the admirals are not NHL. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, well, they're not an NHL oh, okay. team. I was going to say well, $20. Actually, so when I was down there, when I was stationed down there, uh, Norfolk was looking to get a, an NHL team. I think the, the Boston Whalers came up for sale. And I don't know. Then they were like, well, we're going to need a, bit, a bigger venue, this and that. Uh, so they compromised and made the Admirals. And they went from being an ECHL team to, which is East Coast Hockey League, to an AHL team. You'll, 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 appreciate, you'll appreciate this, Ken. I used to go to the Hershey Bears games. I love them. That's, oh, the, cap- yeah, that's the Capitals farm team, man. Yeah, I used to like those. So, so the Bears, actually, well, I, my, my dad worked with a guy. He had a part-time job working at uh, Ski Roundtop. And one of the guys who worked over there had season tickets for the Bears. And whenever him and his wife couldn't go, he would give the tickets to my dad. Nice. Well, we ended up going over to... He was like, hey, the Bears playing that. I got these tickets. Okay, well, we go to. Well, they just happened to be playing the Admirals that, that that night. I was like, holy shit. So it was kind of a weird thing, you know. But, uh, but anyways, going there, a beer, a 16 ounce gingling, and a glass of wine cost me $35. Damn. And they put the shit in a plastic cup. Well, the, the wine came in like a, like a Dixie cup thing. I was like, holy shit. Oh, it cost more than the tickets, you know. <laughs> That's the idea. They got you at that point. <laughs> you must have taken your wife with you. Or who who drinks Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because most people don't drink wine at a hockey game, but go ahead. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, yeah, she's into the Pinot Grigio, so. But anyways, I was going to tell you on Wednesday, so we ended up leaving. You know, it's got probably 100 guys from the ship. You know, well, what do we do after the hockey game? Let's go find a bar. Well, everybody was watching. Everybody was watching that Philly game, and the sports bar is right across the street from the scope. So we ended up finding a different bar. Well, go to leave, and... One of my buddies, John, decided to get on one of these little, uh, you know what a razor is? It's kind of like a two-wheeled yeah. scooter thing. Yeah. Well, they got these the motorized motor- ones down yeah. there. Yeah, we got them here, too. You swipe your credit- yeah, you swipe your credit card, and then they charge you by the foot or the minute or the mile. I don't know. But anyway. And then when they, and the when they, when they, run, when they run out or when you're done... You just park them wherever you want. They got them all. Yeah, on, they that, got them all on load jack, you know. And they just go find them and charge them and whatever. They're electric. Yep. yep. <clears throat> well, I end up sending them a text, and they say, "Like, hey man, you going out to the, you know the brewery today? Nah, I'm gonna probably take a break, you know, tonight. As well, I'll catch you at the dinner, you know. So we did towards ship. Uh, go to the dinner afterwards." Well, John shows up, his nose is all jacked up. I was like, what the hell happened? He was like, well, we were leaving. He dumped it. And it started to hop on one of these scooters. The next thing you know, I'm place planted into the asphalt. <laughs> Freaking sailors, well, man. <laughs> well, no well, different from soldiers, by the way. Look, his, his wife and the kids, you know, and I, he's got grown kids that are in their 20s, and one of them's married. And the, Anyway, they get to the car and you know his wife's wondering where, where you know where's John at. 
<laughs> so she called him. Hey, honey, where are you at? I'm in the back of an ambulance. Nice. I was like, no, you got to be kidding me. Well, then one of the paramedics was, no, man, he's not lying. He's in the back of an ambulance. And we're <laughs> about to take him over to sew his lip up. <laughs> so, yeah, John was our only alcohol-related incident for the five days we were there. So Pretty good. Pretty good. There's there, there's a, a reason there's a term called drunken sailors. Uh, well, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, we were kind of disappointed that, you know, most of the places that we went to, I mean, by like 10 o'clock, they were closed. Yeah, um, that doesn't sound right. And then I think the one place we were at on Sunday, hell, they closed down 9 o'clock. I was like, wow. We're, we're just getting started. Is it because know? it's is it because it's the season? Uh, like it's well, I don't know because even when I was even when I was going down to uh, the GTS down there, um, you know, eleven o'clock at the latest. Most of the places, were, you know, wow. I mean, heck, the, the world has changed. Went to how does that beard? How does the Yingling taste through one of those? Uh, COVID masks, Ken. Oh, I don't wear that crap. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hell no. He got he, he, he got the Roseanne. What was Roseanne's husband's name? <laughs> John, got, James got, Goodman got that helmet him. with the beer can in it with the straws. Yeah. That come down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what blew my mind away was uh, I was drinking in Washington, D.C. in a bar one time. And like... What I'm used to is when they give last call, you can order whatever you want, and you get to stay there until you finish drinking that, regardless of when the time comes, right? Shit, right. I, was in, I was in this bar in D.C. in Georgetown with a bunch of buddies in the Army, and I see last call coming up, so I ordered two beers, and I'm sitting there, and, and, and at one thirty, I think it was one thirty, the freaking lights came on. The bartenders reached over the bar, snatched all the open drinks back, and kicked you the hell out. And everybody was on the street at the same time from every bar that was on that in that neighborhood. There was a thousand people on the street at one thirty in the morning, or whatever the time is in DC. It was earlier than here. Here it's two. But you got to drink your whatever drink you already bought. They're not gonna take it back off you. They took it back off us. I was disturbed. But anyway, well, see, in, in Virginia, they used—that's how it was back in the day, you know. Um, but yeah, they wouldn't snatch your drink. But I know what they must have just changed that recently in PA because I remember going up to my mom, dad's place over Christmas, and you know, hey, they said last call. I was like, oh right, yeah, I'll take another one. And then all of a sudden, they're like, well, you gonna finish that? Like, well, hell, I just ordered it, you know? And they're like, well, you got I mean, play, they're allowed to. They can close up. But I had one place that I went to, this Italian place, that uh, the guy would say, all right, everybody out of the pool, last call. And my man next to me, that he was a cop that used to sit in there. He was drunk, too. He used to sit in there and wait until the guy took his cash to the bank after the place closed. So he used to sit there, and my man would be like, yeah, give me uh, give me give me five gin and tonics. And he was like, damn! And he 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 lined them up, man. And I'm learning from this guy. I'm like, give me three of them beers, three of them Iron Cities. <laughs> and what they did is there was a light that he turned on, a bare light bulb, 
behind him, Joe, Papa Joe, they called him. He turned the light bulb on and said, everybody out of the pool. And everybody started drinking. And as the people that didn't know any better started filtering out, he'd look around. He's like, all right, everybody's cool now. Turned the light back off and stayed open until 6 in the morning. You know, <laughs> it was bizarre. But that's a lot. Yeah, that's PA law different. Virginia. Well, he was breaking the law. He was breaking yeah. the law. He didn't give a shit. He had yeah, the cops in there with him. Like, Virginia got after hours clubs after two, right? You have last call like one thirty. Yeah, that's what you know. There was there was a order five drinks. We had a major that was with us that his previous tour was the Pentagon, and he went to one of those after hours clubs and got us a couple bottles of liquor in D.C. I remember that too. I almost forgot about that part. But yeah, it was a trip, man. It was a straight up trip. Yeah, I right, remember those. Ken, wrap it up. I've got some other callers in here. Yeah, I remember those things, Jack. Uh, but you had to have most of the places required to have a membership. So most of the waiters, waitresses, and stuff would have memberships to them, and they and they were allowed a guest. So I was, I've been at a couple of them before as a guest of somebody that was already a member. Ken's got the hard card for probably four or five of them back in the got a tattoo. <laughs> tattoo there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, all the places I used to go to, they're all either you know, Kentucky you. Fried Chickens or Wawa's or something. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to go back. Oh, you, yeah, you know, I look at the military. Now, but. You look at the military, one of the biggest causes to me for the demise of the United States military is from the demise of letting them drink. I mean, I had to bet, and I, I'm sure both of you two guys could could agree with me. Some of the best times I had in the military were drinking, and I'm not just talking about fun. I'm talking about we we created op orders drinking in a bar. You know, we'd sit there and talk. Well, uh, you know, well, I mean, steam. a lot yeah. of times the the especially limited experience that I know like on the shore would be in Norfolk area of Virginia. And a lot of those dives, not, not insulting them, but the places where the Navy folks, when they were boom inshore and they would burn off and, and run their money that these bars didn't want to ruin that business. So a lot of times they, they be the shelter for yeah. the ones that had too much, you know, they had direct contact with the ships or shore patrols. Like, hey, we got four or five here. You might want to round them up and get them back to the or ship. Your, or, or your or NCOs, your NCOs would take care of the troops too. Yeah, you know, it, they go was, from bar uh, to bar. They go from bar to bar and look for their guys. The same thing across the ocean where they're yeah. for to call. You know, sure, they take care of them. They know that hey, you've been stuck on a ship for three months. Here, here, what, and you get boom. You get a weekend if they didn't, to go out. If they didn't, I had a, a Marine buddy of mine uh, that used to go on med floats all the time, and they're over there in Turkey or somewhere. And one of their guys gets caught up with a, I think it was a tranny. Now, this is back in the early 80s. Now, I, I think it was a tranny in Turkey, and he got caught by the police. He thought it was a girl. He got caught by the police with her and ended up in prison. And the freaking ship sailed. He was screwed, man. He was in Turkish jail, and the Navy's gone. They 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 uh, collected up a, a bunch of money to give to the Turkish government, and they took the money and kept the guy. And then the ship sailed. Uh, terrible. 
All right, Ken. Thanks for that. I thought this guy had an automatic transmission. It's a manual. He had a stick shift. <laughs> All right, Ken. Thanks for calling, brother. All right, brother. Always appreciate it, man. Good call. Especially on a night like tonight. Let's go to – wait, before we go, let's listen to uh, – which one do we got here? I want you to listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre. This woman, man, I, I mean, this almost requires a – I'm getting so tired of this mental midget. Listen to this. Any reaction from, from you from the White House um, about Speaker McCarthy's decision to keep Representative Schiff and Swaller from the Intelligence Committee? So I'll say this. Uh, Representative Schiff, Representative Swalwell, uh, and uh, also Represent- uh, Representative uh, Omar are, um, you know, our expertise and bring a lot to the table when it comes to uh, foreign policy and national security. And we'll say this, uh, you know, uh, we'll say this, we'll say that, um, you know, when it comes to that committee, it should not be politicized. Uh, it should be independent. And, uh, and again, those congressional members bring a lot of expertise uh, to that committee, and uh, I'll leave it there. Um, seriously? I mean, that's like, really? You're, you're, you're really covering it that way? I mean, I mean that's... Clueless. <laughs> I mean, this, uh, it, it brings to mind a song that I don't know if I have uh, or not. I'm trying to see. No, I don't. Uh, but it, it reminds me of a song... <clears throat> by Run D. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. MC. Um, the girl is dumb with a capital D. These people, these people are expertise. Oh, really? That's I. All right. If you say so, they're expertise. They bring a lot to the table. Uh, all right. Let's go. Let's go to Marlene and Eugene, Oregon. Hello, Marlene. Hello, Hutch. Hello, Jack. Hi, Marlene. Hey, there. What's happening? Well, let's see. Um, I'm not too surprised that uh, Romney's niece won again, but I got to thinking. I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to spit it out anyhow. I wonder if her uncle, along with the Mormon church, helped her win. In other words, cheat. I doubt it. I mean, and, and the only reason I say the only reason I, the only reason I say that is because I watched it. And okay. when I watched it, I saw these people in there and they were professional Republicans. Let's just put it that way. There wasn't right. any yeah. there wasn't any groove going on in there. There wasn't any MAGA going on in there. There was straight up um I mean, I don't even know how you characterize it. it it's like it's Establishment. like yeah. GOPE. Yeah, if, if there was a bar for Republican professionals, these people would all be in it. That makes you know, sense. You know what I mean? Everybody was perfectly shaved. What <laughs> was it? It's and three toast. people per state. Right. Three Republican, yeah, three people El- selected by the selected Republican Party. Of the, 
Yeah. It's a rigged game, folks. But 50 plus four, 50 some plus four of the votes were for somebody else other than her. So that's turning the tide. Yeah. The the event was held out in the sunlight so people can see it. And like I said, people were pissed. Oh, furious. Furious. So my my, my main point is is they don't I don't think they needed to cheat, Marlene, is what I'm saying. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Disca- I'm not discarding it, but I, I think that she knew she was gonna win six months ago. She paid okay. all these people money. I mean, these people all Okay, they yeah, all that got, makes more sense. You know I what I mean? Thought, that was just something that popped into my head and I was like, you know, I wonder if they're swimming in cash. I mean, that, that was, uh, and these people are all, they're all part. I don't think you can get in there without being rich. I could be wrong on that. I mean, they sat there and they, Oh, you're, I think you're right. I mean, or unless you want to run up your credit card or you're not going to, you're not going to get a position in an organization like that. If you're against the organization, it's a, it's a, it's the same group of people that are in charge of the entire Congress that has an approval rating of less than ten percent. Bingo of man. the American mm-hmm. people. Bingo. That that that's so that's, that's so correct. Right. That is that's spot on, and that's, that's why people are pissed off. Mike Lindell got four votes out I of that saw whole that. thing. And, and I mean, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I shouldn't do this, but, but that's good. <laughs> That, no, it is good. It is good, but it should have been more. It's a start. He should have. Should he that's have won? That, that's a good. Point. I don't know. I mean, let's get to I the point where you, where it is, uh, something other than a stamp deal. You know, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and uh, man, Rico, you should have stuck around, man. But he's like into Michelob's boxes. So I don't know. Uh, but he, he he was on there, but he he disconnected. That's all right. We'll catch him next time. Um, but yeah, I I I I just don't know if the future is to try to fix this or to just be done with it. I, I I'm not I'm not there yet. I haven't decided yet. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that we can't just keep going this way because I'm going to tell you why. There probably weren't ten people in that room that were for Trump. These people are for yeah. an establishment return. The people that are in the RNC are are their main priority is to suck up to the donors. And if you don't learn anything else, you got to learn that, and you got to make your decisions based on that. Um, it, it's just it's so profound. Uh, everybody that came up there, all three of the nominating announcements or proclamations. All mentioned the donors. You never wow. hear the Democrats do that. The Democrats. That's true. They don't. The Democrats' ideology drives the donations. The Republican mm-hmm. donors' wishes drive the ideologies. That's why Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is a used to be city. Because the steelmakers yeah, and everybody in the corporate world wanted steel to be cheaper. So they shipped it to Japan and then China. And it's been like that for every other industry in the United States. 
the Republican Party, the professional donor class, the big club, the U.S. Depart- the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Koch brothers, they want slave labor. That's why the yes, border's open and hardly anybody's saying anything about it. That's why right, the Chinese they, economy, that's, that's, that's what they want. You're right. Yeah, that's their free labor right there. And, and this game that they're playing uh, using other politicians to do things, it's all freaking orchestrated. It's so easy to see the screenplay, what's going on. They want to push the minimum wage. Sure. $15. Oh, I know. They tried to boost it out here, and I'm thinking, it's it's ridiculous. You you see the signs out here, you know, $15 an hour. That's bold because the thing is, these kids, they don't know that $15 an hour is not $15 an hour. Because you've got to take all the taxes out. Right. And on the other side, as soon as you get $15 an hour as the 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 low end of the scale, doubling what used to be eight, basically eight seven fifty eight dollars an hour. Two twenty five. Yeah, that's that's right. Two twenty. What is the direct relation to the price of everything? The commodities, the groceries. Look what eggs are. Oh my God! They got people getting fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage. But wait a minute. There's an emergency. There's and look! And look how many all people. All kinds of crazy shit. We killed the chickens. Price of eggs are now going to settle in at six dollars a freaking dozen, folks. They do if that. Not more, they did that. depending on what you're buying. Right. They did that after TARP. Right. And now they they're, they're re-engineering. The they're re-engineering feed scratch that you that you uh, it's called scratch that you feed the chickens, and now the chickens aren't laying eggs. Look into that. Tractor Supply Corporation. TSC. Wow. They're introducing lab-grown protein and bugs. That's right. As a replacement, folks. Cheap replacement. And and before I forget it, uh, look in your financial analyst pieces and columns, and you've got people on the left that are saying the reason we have so much inflation and how we're going to defeat it that the people on the low end of the economic spectrum are making too much money. And we have to limit that. And then when you think about it and you have your multi-tiered thoughts going on, and I've said this before because it's clear to me, the replacements are coming across the southern border, folks. You people in the lower socioeconomic strata that are voting for these Democrats... You're voting for your own demise. You're voting for your own entrance into slavery. Because you can quit. You can go on strike all you want. This guy coming across the border is going to take that job, and he's going to take it for $1.50 an hour. I think Wednesday, you know, you highlighted, I think one of our listeners in California sent you a link to McDonald's prices. Mm -hmm. French fries, right? What were they like? Fifteen Ten cents? cents, something like that. Yeah, it's something on the, like that. If you go to SteelCityResistance.com, it's in the what's the name of that page? Viewer, listeners, sunsets, etc. You can go scroll down and you'll see that menu. To McDonald's today, and just try to order a large fry. You're yeah, going to be $4. pulling out five bucks plus. Right. And not only that, yeah. with the with the with the minimum wage raise. 
uh, you yes. people, again, in the lower <laughs> economic strata of the country, go to your local McDonald's that used to have 17 people working there, and notice there's only two left. Right. The guy at the drive-thru and the cook. That's the only, and, and you got the kiosk there. And you and got your was, you got your iPhone app that's all nice and everything. Those are dollars no seventy nine fries are right. now four dollars and ninety nine yeah. cent fries. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Da 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 da. I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> not. You know what? Though? I got to say this. I got to say this though. I, I saw one of the most profound commercials I've ever seen. Because it hit me. I, I, I probably said this earlier in the week. But <laughs> it's on there, and it shows an Egg McMuffin, right? And, and it says, you have all these ingredients in your refrigerator. But it doesn't taste the same, does it? Da, 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 da. I'm going, damn, you're right. I've been trying to make that Egg McMuffin for 20 years. <laughs> because it is right, man. You got to admit. Yeah. There's nothing what does it in cost the world now? that tastes like a what quarter pounder with cheese. Now? Yeah, but I'm just saying that's a different different thing than the cost. I'm just it, it it's still there. You're still paying it. Yeah, you know, I know I am. I refuse. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to have that fix, man. You got to have that QP. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, All right Marley, we'll get back to you. One more clip. Uh, this okay, is okay. No problem. This is uh. Corinne Pierre telling you how it's it's inconsequential that we're giving our freaking strategic oil to communist China. The House has passed uh, bipartisan legislation that would ban the export of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to Chinese companies. Given that oil has flowed to China from that reserve during both this administration and the previous one, is that the type of reform that the president would potentially support? So, look, uh, I think this is a little bit of what uh, the secretary was talking about just moments ago. This bill uh, addresses a non-issue. We're very clear on that. I'm going to have to start adding that for her, too. Uh, excuse me, but the, 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 the journalist, uh, Jack, do you recall during the Trump administration us selling oil from the strategic petroleum reserves to communist China. I don't remember that. No. I must, I must've missed that. Uh, no, not at all. I remember president Trump trying to make sure that the strategic oil reserve is full. And he got a lot of kickback on that. I think because and the he price even did was it. so he even, high, it was he, like, Less than fifty dollars a barrel, but they were like yeah, shocked. He, but he did it when the price was the lowest. It was genius. Exactly. He's a businessman. I he, know it's great. Everything that President Trump did, as far as the oil and the energy sector, was perfect for the United States and perfect for the world because it lessened tensions. He went there to the uh, to the Middle East when Obama went to Egypt and bowed before the the Muslims and the terrorists and basically unleashed, right, the Arab Spring and all that. It's like, hey, let's go. You do whatever the hell you want. I ain't going to attack you. President Trump said, 
hey, I'm going to your Arab countries. I'm not going to put my foot on your neck and dictate what you want to do. But here's what I would like, right? Limit the amount of radicals allowed to head over to and pressure us in the in in the United States. I'll let you form your own freaking coalition and handle your business. There you Remember go. that? There yeah. was a sword dance that yeah, developed it was over that. It was great. The Rex T Rex was there with him. And you know, that was boom. And, and I'm telling you, the gentlemen, the ladies and gentlemen uh that were in California at the RNC uh meeting would have disapproved. I'm just saying that, that's that's the kind of we got to we got to come to reckoning with this professional Republican Party. We really do. I, and I don't know how much I even want to engage in it. But I know when I saw that, it was disgusting, man. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I got a I got a, a co-host uh, on a Dupree show that was like kind of a rookie, you know, good guy, smart guy, guy named Jason. And I could see. The metamorphosis, because, you know, you get across the mic from me, and I'm not kissing no Republicans' ass. I'm I'm just not doing it. I I don't have respect for them like I used to, like I once did. And I say that, and that's who I am. And he was kind of stunned at a lot of stuff that, that I have to give him credit that Wayne and I were both saying. And his reaction to that meeting... I hope it's global, man. I hope a lot of other people that didn't see the marionette strings yet saw them. Because they're there, and we have to come to grips with this. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do it. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I do know that that is not a winning ticket, folks. It's not. You have to. Yeah, a party be damned. You just want people to see the truth, understand it, shed your party line, Democrat, yes, Republican, identify and see what these elected people are doing to you and me. And they're doing it via the Republican Party. That's the important part. You have to realize that the party is playing you. And once you do that, I have to, I'll warn you, once you do it, um, it's a different ball game. It's case not the same. Point. Yeah, case in point, Hutch. All the listeners, people tuned in, maybe scratching their heads, maybe pissed off at some of the things that we've said tonight. Just one homework assignment. Victoria... Newland. There you go. 2014. Soros Color Revolution. Ukraine. Do your homework. And and, and let let me add to that because Newland is a leftist. Let me add to that. Mike Pompeo, State Department, Secretary of State. Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State. Uh, that that's like like secondary and tertiary assignments after the base when the West took out the elected Ukraine 
national government. Yeah, but guess who did the, it? The State Department and the that's CIA. What I'm Tillerson wasn't at State Department at that time. No, no. Victoria Newland was. No, you're right. That's but, right. You need that base point. Would you see exactly what happened? And it, actually, if you backtrack it a couple of months earlier, they actually, Soros, with his color revolution, tried to take out Putin and Russia. And that ended not so good for Soros's crew. What's the name of the woman that brought Tillerson in? I can't think of her name. Um, black woman under Bush. Uh, oh, what the hell's uh, right? Who? Uh, Condi Rice? Yes, Condoleezza yeah. Rice. She's she was in there. I mean, uh, John Kerry, Hillary Clinton. If you think there's any difference between Mike Pompeo, uh, Condi Rice, Hillary Clinton, there's no difference between these people. It's like it's like they're doing were, the same you were thing about how Pence was brought in. If you yeah. remember, Corey Lewandowski was President Trump's campaign manager up to a certain point, a crisis point, right? Directed by the GOPE. Boom. He was ousted. Who slid right in there? Paul Manafort. uh, Establishment big time. uh, Buddies with the Podesta brothers because uh, unlike uh, the Podesta brothers, Manafort was on the Republican side, so he was allowed to be uh, Rated SWAT rated by the FBI, put sure. in jail. But the Podesta brothers, have you seen anything happen to them? Right. No. But they ousted Corey Lewandowski with some kind of BS scandal um, and then put in Paul Manafort. And then as soon as Manafort was in there, Trump got the nomination. And who all of a sudden? was lured in for the VP candidate was Race Bannon, a.k.a. former governor of Indiana, Mike Pence. And who got ousted right after that? General Mike Flynn. That was after he was elected president. Yeah, that, th- right at, in the first all, couple months. Exactly. You know, first so, week. Anyway, anyway, we've we got to wrap this yeah. up. Uh, but, the, but the bottom line is... Um, <laughs> we're getting played, man. And if you don't believe that, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to try to. I am going to try to change your mind. But uh, it, it's 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 a it's an inflection point when you realize it. When you because 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 I know I know a lot of you people are invested as I was, and I know it's hard to be like, damn, did I fall for this for the last thirty years? I did. I ain't going to lie. I'm 61, and I became a Republican when I was 30. And I didn't start realizing this until Donald J. Trump. I knew a little bit of it, thanks to Rush Limbaugh. But I don't think Rush Limbaugh knew as much as we know now. I really don't. I I, I think... Good. Contrast these two video uh, releases in the last three days. Roseanne Boylan, January 6th, on Capitol Steps, being crushed to death, still not acknowledged. Not even mentioned. By the mainstream media, compared to... There's tape, there's tape, 
of police in the Capitol Police Nazis beating her dead body with right. a stick. Oh, yeah. and a, Compare and that. that. Somewhere. I, couldn't, I was not going to watch it because it was too graphic, but I never, there was a, a link on somewhere. I saw so it. Like, I oh saw it. God. It was horrible, man. It was horrible. Compare that well, I to it was. I just the I hammer. Compare it to the hammer party. That video, I didn't watch. That I, that I didn't video. want to watch. I haven't watched that one. I'm not going to. That no. one, <laughs> that one I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. That guy can burn. Doors, I'm just saying. I know. I know. Paul Pelosi answered door. He's in his underwear with a drink in his hand. And his, he's he's got his hand on a hammer the same as the uh, pape. The pape is still fully clothed, unlike earlier they said he was in his underwear no it's just paul pelosi in his underwear with a long shirt and the police boom and he does get cracked up uh by maxwell silver hammer boom but (laughs) you sit there and see both of these incidents where is the truth for the american people where is by the the, by the way Breaking news: Paul Pelosi just jumped off the San Francisco the the the, the bridge. What's it called? The Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, the Golden Gate. He bridge. just jumped. Yeah. yeah. He's uh... All right, Marlene. Uh, okay. Wrap it up. It's time to get out of here. Well, I know that I was trying to. Um, I had a couple things. So I'll go with the short. Well, go ahead. Go time. ahead. No, go ahead. You got time. Go ahead. You got some. Okay. Good. All right. Well, uh, briefly, um, Portland, like um, Memphis. We're probably, I'll probably hear about it tomorrow. Uh, they're bracing for more riots and such uh, concerning the, uh, the, the, uh, the beating of Tyree Nichols. By five black police officers, that one? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, right, well. Yeah, and here's the idiot Who Willard. He says, oh, I hope they'll be peaceful. Who I feel like telling it's... Willard, shove it, buddy. Who are they they're, gonna, are they going they're gonna to the be ghetto? out there and they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to go to the ghetto and, and riot or, or what? Are they, are they going to, you know. Well, let's go to downtown Portland. Why not? Well, you see, you yeah, see the articles that said former Tennessee policemen killed or died in for murder. I'm like, no, they were police officers when they did this. Right? Mm-hmm. Didn't they beat them to death? Yeah. It, but yeah, the article headlines is yeah. former, former police. It's like, no, they were police <laughs> officers until they saw the what, video. I'll tell you what, like, beat, beating somebody to death is some brutal shit. <laughs> that's not yeah. that's not that's not movie stuff where you shoot somebody and they fall down. That that's That sounds like mob stuff to me. That's brains really on the does. that's brains on the concrete, man. That too. You know, but uh wrong. But anyway, uh the last thing I wanted to mention was uh this is on a much happier note. Um, I've gotten through most of uh, Jun Lai's book about his life in North oh, Korea. Okay, what do you think? Wonderful book. And I just had a couple of highlights. Uh, I did, turns out when he was, I think, maybe 12 or so, he was, um, turns out he was able, he was a classical vocalist. He could sing. Okay. And he won second place in a vocal contest. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, when he was leaving North Korea to, um, when he and his family, they had to uh, flee down to Seoul, uh, they, as 
I think he mentioned he thought it was going to be a short journey, and it was 240 miles. Yeah, it wasn't, a short, it wasn't a short journey. And if, if you think back to the interview, uh, didn't he go all the way down to Pusan? Which yes, is the southern, which, yes, he did. Which is the southern tip of the peninsula. Yep. You know, they so went to Seoul, and then they went to that other place, Busan, yeah. yeah. And uh, this is kind of cool. I, this is another highlight. Uh, when he was coming to the U.S. to go to college, I think in Missouri, yeah. who did he meet on the flight out of Korea, uh, you know, going into the U.S.? Um, Harry and Bertha Holt. Um they have an office here in Eugene, Oregon. It's called Holt International. They may have other offices, other places, but he met up with this couple, and he was helping them. They were bringing some Korean orphan little babies back to the okay. States, and it was so cute. He was helping them change change the diapers. Wow. <laughs> I just yeah, thought that was cute. precious. All right. Oh, yeah. Look, baby Jew has a, has a Joe Biden in his uh, diaper. <laughs> Egia, yeah. that, 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 that's baby uh, yeah. Hanguk, uh, Egia. Yeah, right. and then after working, uh, one more thing, he, he had been working in companies that I guess they deal with, they make plastics like trash bags and all kinds of stuff. He started his own company in uh, Tamaqua, Pennsylvania. I looked on a map and that's kind of east of it's in, Harris. It's in Schuylkill County. Tamaqua, okay. It's in Schuylkill County. It's, oh, okay. Uh, it's it's yeah, where, it's where the Schuylkill S C H U Y K I L. It is yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But Tamaqua yeah. is oh, okay. is a place that that's that's they call it coal cracking country. That that's where mm-hmm. the, the underground farmers are from. That's the anthracite anthracite region of Pennsylvania oh. of the United States is coal uh, fields. That's wow. where, that's where the hard coal is. Yeah, the, really, the good stuff. Um, Wow. In fact, his company, Friends Western Polymores, I think, uh, they make trash bags for Costco. I didn't uh, know that. All right. Yeah. That's where I, I know about oh, Tamaqua. That? That's where I passed my extra class amateur radio license examination. Oh, okay. Cool. Where I had to transcribe 20 minute, twenty words a minute of North. Did of, you just say North trans? Country. Wow. Did you? Transcribed. I had oh. to I had to listen and I had to write down what it said and then I had to pass mm. an exam on that information. Of course now I'm getting to where he's uh, just starting to negotiate with the uh, North Korean whatever the uh government people are film and about uh doing his about uh, making his film. Well, I'll tell you ladies and gentlemen and thanks for calling Marlene, appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, have a great weekend. Uh, you too. Okay. I got. I got to say that we were. We will continue the quality control portion of our interview selection. Uh, I'm not. I'm not interviewing any more people talking about stuff I don't want to talk about. Uh, this is Cold War Radio, and that's where we're going to go. Uh, I, I hope you enjoyed the interview. I sure did, Jack. I did too. You know, I mean, and the way that it becomes current. You know, taking a situation that we didn't even know about, making it real, and then translating it to the same scenario today where you have, hopefully, some of the same people. I mean, I get nervous saying this part, 
in the military on those actionable points yeah. that have the have the knowledge and common sense of the enemy to know that if there's any situation, you know, where the, the red light is there and there's sirens and he has to make a decision, he can say, nah. I'll tell you, normally, Stand a, down, right? a, lot, a lot of times, um, these publicists, every, every, every author that I've ever had on since Mona has been gone, I could have clicked the link and got a free book. But I've already got a bunch of books. I can't see as good as I used to. So I got a bunch of books that I haven't even read yet that I kind of want to. But it's like I got to put these reading glasses on, and then if I can make it through 15 minutes without falling asleep, I'm in good shape. Uh, but during that interview, I ordered that book. I, I wasn't lying about that. I ordered, I want to read that book. I do. I can't wait. Man. That, that, that thing, uh, it, one of the things that's happened in the last year is I told you guys about this before. Somebody leaked my email. And all of a sudden, in both my inbox and my spam filter, I got all these publicists asking me to interview all these people. And one of the good things about this is I've identified phony publicists. In other words, publicists that I've responded to, and they never get back with me. And, and the reason they do that is because we don't have 100 million viewers or listeners. I understand the deal. But I'm, I'm able, I have been able to marshal a few of them that I know are good and unsubscribe to the rest of them. So I think there's going to be some good interviews in the future. Please tell your friends uh, and share uh, the specific episodes with people. Like, like with this one, anybody that was ever a Cold Warrior should subscribe to this show after listening to that interview. Wouldn't you agree, Jack? I mean, this, yeah. is, this is what we do right here. And, and, and like I, I'm repeating what I said earlier, it's like uh, the guests that you get on to the show and that we interview, we allow them uh, much more time to share their story or their positions or whatever they're trying to do with their their book or their article or whatever uh, deal that they're supporting while they're on uh, promoting on, on the show uh, compared to what you see if you're watching somebody on a guest on a certain show where they only have maybe a 30-second <laughs> Bit or five minutes, or they can add even five minutes. I mean, it's not enough. No, no, we're like half hour, however long it goes. You know, Um, we were were approaching. Let me get. Let me throw a little inside baseball out there. We were approaching the thirty-minute mark, and Jack still wanted another question. And Jack knows he's disciplined. He knows. All right, it's thirty minutes. It's coming up. All right, Hutch, just end it. I'm like, hell no, man. We're gonna. We'll keep his ass on here. You know, and and you came in and asked the final question, and we we had two more minutes at the end. See, I don't have a publicist anymore, so I don't care what they say. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that's real deal stuff. It, and it seemed like we reached. I you know, I mean, it'd be so easy to like you know grill a former Intel guy about stuff that we 
Hutch and I know that there's no way in the in, in hell that he would ever talk about that. No, right? He, he didn't tell us everything. Right. <laughs> he, he can't. He just, he did, right. He, he can't. cannot. And I wouldn't ask him. Right. I got and that. Our job is to try to get as much information that he's comfortable and allowed to share with the listeners out there um, because. We know from the interview that he's in touch with his, you know, his colleagues. I mean, that's a tight knit group. Yeah, it is. And I, like I said earlier, I think he's disappointed in this current group. Yeah, it was. Or obvious. this current crop of intel people, um, and, and that's as should be because, to me, the intel community's eyes and tentacles should be out. Of yeah. the United States, right? We have to fix that. By and, the way. That's and we, that we know that we know that within the last 10, 15 years, those tentacles are turned on us. Now, as those assets are turned upon us, the American people, how much are they missing on the outside where they should be directed? And There's no so communication. It's so clear. You, know? you look at the FBI. And every scumbag in the last two years has been on there longer than that has been on the radar. radar. Yeah. You know, whether we caught, whether they caught them or they were allowed to commit the crime. Yeah. They never caught any of them. These are the, these are the ones that committed the crime and and the FBI, you know, said they're on their radar afterwards. Uh, Trump Flynn, 2024, ladies and gentlemen, let's fix the intelligence community. We can do it with general Flynn. Uh, anyway, uh, Jack, your final comments. It's time to get out of here, brother. Hey, great show. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the guests. Boom, the interaction with the audience, the calls. And look at it. It's over 500 comments in the uh, BFW chat room, man. Boom. What more could we ask? Share the show. Make the heart gold up there in the speaker chat room. Uh Thank you for letting me be a part again. Oh, you're my man. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the reason that we can do things like allow uh, interviewees to last as long as we do is because we're supported by you. We're not supported by anybody else. We're supported by you. And that's it. And that's the way I like it. And I've talked back and forth with people that are just yearning for the million views and all that, that doesn't matter to me, man. It doesn't. I, you guys are the best. And frankly, there's not a million people out there that can handle what we talk about on this show, I don't think. I hope that there are at some point, but right now it, it's, uh, I don't want to call it tough love, but it's, uh, the year is 2023. And there will be no more pretending, ladies and gentlemen. We're not pretending anymore. We're not going to pretend that there's six genders. Isn't it funny how there's only two uh, options for sex change operations? There's not six. There's only two. Stop pretending. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm Hutch Bailey Jr. I am on the Wayne Dupree Show. I'm a co-host from Monday to Thursday. We are back here on Monday. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 
on Cold War Radio. Please share the show. Uh, I really appreciate all of you listening, especially when you hang in this long on a weekend. Uh, this is a, a unique, you know, you got a couple Cold War Radio episodes that are excellent, Monday and Wednesday, but but Friday's a little bit different, and I really enjoy it, Jack. I do, man. This is a unique, hey, it's a unique you thing. Know, I'm going to email you the link to where the key is that handcuffs you to the microphone on Friday night. So you can be set free and shut it down. But, you know, I hold him hostage, folks. I hold him hostage no. because there's so much to be shared. There is. And uh, you allow us to do it. Yep. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I, I find him and I pick him and I evaluate him and I keep him or I don't. And you got kept. Uh, <laughs> it's just the way it is. I mean, you know, it's, it's the way it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm watching a series on Hulu. Is it Hulu? I think so. But it's the, it's either the men or the Titans that made America. And with that, Joe Grishecki from the Iron City House Rockers back in the day, I don't even know if the dude's still alive. But he told me I could play this one time years and years and years ago. So here it is. Thanks for letting us into your life for three hours, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. See you Monday. I was born in the cold fields of Kentucky. I moved north in 73. The war was still going strong, so I found a job. Rolling steel in a foundry in Homestead. I worked beside a guy named Grizz Basket. Who taught me how to keep safe. He said there's many a man who lost the fingers from their hands. You can wind up people who did in the homestead. And it's still floating in the white hot chambers. The furnace spit fire and smoke. And the sunlight came through the cracks in the room. And the dust was so thick you could choke. Heard how your stores about the 12 hour shifts in the mill. And all the union brothers, the Pinkertons, tried hard to kill. Learned about freaking Carnegie the day the river ran in. How the Union caved in in Homestead. It was more than a job, it was my family. I got married, settled down by my home. And in the bars down the street, in the late summer leave, I never had to feel. Oh, 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 oh,
and left with the sweat and blood in the ground. At night we tuck our little babies in bed. We still pray to the red, white, and blue and home. 